on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show! Matt and Nick are coming at you live less than 24 hours after the debut of the latest episode of Ahsoka because they sometimes listen to their fan feedback. This means you'll get their patented breakdown fresh and possibly some more outrage from young Nick over his homie Thrawn. After they set you up with their finale predictions, they'll lament a new report about a canceled Jabba the Hutt movie, which would have effectively been a sequel to the solo film. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5. Star Wars! Ha, 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 ha. Punch it, Chewie. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Star Wars Time Show. And yes, I can't say welcome back because I did one last week all by myself while Nick was sitting there and punching out his posters of Grand Admiral Thrawn, lighting them on fire, doing what you will. But he's back this week. He's got some thoughts. Um, I, I got I got the high sign earlier today. I kind of know where he's going to go with episode seven. But before we get there, you know, we kind of do our thing. We shoot the shit. We tour around the pop culture universe. And then we're going to get into our uh, Ahsoka stuff. Uh, yes, bad. that was one of the worst transitions of 23. But we were talking <laughs> about something important. Like not doing the show in traveling. Upcoming yeah! vacations. Hoorah! Yeah, like vacations instead of sitting here on on YouTube. So, uh, yeah. But but listen, that's that's why you guys love the live stream. And if you've missed the wonky transition and you want to see what Bat's talking about here, you just need to come along for the ride. YouTube.com/slash Star Wars Time Show. I hate to say that we're gonna stay on Wednesdays because we're probably not. We're doing this to fall in line with the last two release or last two episodes of Ahsoka. And then we're probably going to go back to, um, what's it called? Tuesdays. Right. Can you guys not hear us here? I, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm assuming they can. Linda's saying she can't. Oh, no. Uh, I the see. Sound, is the sound working? I see we're not muted. I can, I, can hear, I can hear Nick. So let us know if you can't hear us. If not, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Because uh, everything looks green over here. I just checked. Yeah. Nick definitely isn't <laughs> muted. Yeah, so Earth, I, Earth to followers, if you can hear us on the stream, let us know if you're on the podcast only. Yes. Uh, okay. okay, so we're getting some can hears, okay. some sets. So, some Linda, I, I hate to break it to you. It, it might be on your end. Uh, I, we hope you figure that out because yeah. we speak your name. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, we're talking about some trips here. Uh, young Nick is, is, um, is heading out to one of my favorite states in the nation. Hawaii, Hawaii. It's going to be my first time there, so it should be fun uh, going with my family. Uh, we're just uh, staying on Oahu at a resort on Oahu and then, uh, you know, going to kind of bop around a little bit, see some of the sites, do some of like the driving trails and stuff like that that they have for, uh, you know, like uh, all the big sites that you can see around the island and then potentially 
um, make our way up to the North Shore if we have some some time to do that and see some of the cool surf spots and stuff. But yeah, that's that's my upcoming vacay. October, uh, mid October, we're heading up there, so should be a good time. Yeah, excellent. You, you got. I, I just I love love being out in Hawaii. Oh, Linda's in Hawaii right now. How about that? Nice. Uh, asking if you're staying in Kulina. I don't think no. Yeah, that's, Nick, Nick's VIP. He doesn't share <laughs> his 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 itinerary with people. You know, too Olina. many too many people will chase him down. You know, what <laughs> yeah. I mean? you will. You uh, have no, to go to big big Dukes, Nick. You'll have to go there. That's right there on around the resorty stuff. It's a he's a he was a famous surfer there and got a little nice. restaurant. So awesome. Yeah, Nick gonna shred the gnar. <laughs> <laughs> I told. I, listen, my this is my cousin Joe here, and, and his brother lives out on Oahu and has for quite some time. Uh, I wonder if he's lost any weight. He's quite a chubby, short little man. Um, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Let, let's get into the motherfucking show, people. We got some Star Wars to talk about before we get there. I do have one little pop culture thing. Oh, Linda is a, a Hawaiian. Um, nice. I checked out a new movie last week. You can see it up here on the screen if you're on the live stream. Like I said, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show if you want to join in. We'll be doing it again on Wednesday next week. But after that, uh, when Nick's taking a, a break or two, we'll probably shift back to Tuesdays because why not? We're, we're not going to be getting any new Star Wars shows at least until I, I would say m- midway into 24. I know the writer's strike has cleared uh, but we still need to work on the actors and whatnot. And, and I don't think they're going to release Skeleton Crew until everything is settled. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Be mad. Um, big love out there to, to Maui. I've just heard some of the residents have been finally allowed to return to that uh, destruction out there. But that was that was a tragedy for sure. Um, but yeah, that's the incompetence of humans, my friends. Um, but anyways, checked out a new movie last week. Sadly, I'm going to miss the new release this week. We're getting Gareth Edwards. I don't know, Nick, if he made it himself or if someone wrote it and he just directed it. Uh, but it looks quite intriguing. It's, it's, it's sci-fi, new IP sci-fi, so I'm always down for that. And it looks like it deals with one of my favorite sci-fi narratives, or I guess conundrums, if you will, and that is the idea of sentient AI beings. Mm-hmm. Is, is yeah. it a thing? How should you treat them? Are they property? Are they living? So on and so forth. So I'm, yeah. I'm all about that type of shit. That does seem really cool. And he what? Yeah, it seems like he is one of the primary writers, Gareth okay. and Chris White's. And this um, Nick, I, I believe this is his first flick post Rogue One, right? Like he he was kind of put in a timeout for a little while yeah, after our sure. boy had to come in, Tony, and and, and help things out, right? Uh, it is, yeah, it is his first directing job after Rogue One, and it seemed like he has done some like visual effects stuff um, after Rogue One, but uh, this is his first time back in a directing chair. Yeah, it's called The Creator. For those of you, there you out go. there who are who are tracking it, um, and from what it seems so far, at least early reviews from Rotten Tomatoes is is pretty fresh. I think it's like eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so very high score, and it does seem very uh, intriguing. So, yeah, so I'm not gonna make that because we're doing a little impromptu trip, which is great. Uh, maybe I'll check it out next week because i don't think we have any good releases next week but this week two two decent movies it's the, the with the creator like nick just said and if you're into 
you know, fucked up torture, torture pain whore. I, I believe Saw 10 drops this week. It's as crazy well. to me that there are 10 Saw movies. So well, this, this one, Nick, I, I watch it. It's actually, it's kind of a, even more of a prequel than some of the Saw movies that were supposed to be prequels. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it, it looks like it goes back all the way to when the dude, I forget his name, is diagnosed and in, in, in some hospitals like oh yeah we could we we're we're gonna fix it and do this that and the other thing and he goes there gets the tests he comes home and his doctor's like they didn't do anything like they didn't remove it they just fucking lied to you and then that's what kind of kicks him into his all right well now you're gonna you're gonna pay for this tour um so i i I don't know i'll probably check that one out as well i I do even though it's up to fucking 10 which is ridiculous and they're all the same it's why not there there's something about watching people mutilate themselves and get tortured that is entertaining and i don't know what that says about me as a human but here we are you know what i mean so i think i saw the first two and then after the second one i was kind of i was done but then i heard that the the one that chris rock made was pretty decent but not 100 percent sure if that's true <laughs> well like i said man they're all just it's it's just torture porn that, that's what it yeah. is there there it kicked off kind of a little genre remember what hostile, yeah, hostile came out after yeah. that and it's just like who can one up they more fucked up torture device uh, now we've we've shifted back into repetitive franchise based horror with with the conjuring has a bunch now the nun just got a sequel hey listen we love uh we love the cinema hopefully it doesn't die uh, taylor swift will probably inject some love here Next week, I think her concert debuts, at least in AMC theaters, starting second week of October. Oh, yeah. People will be out to see that because they, they go out to see Anything. whatever. Yeah. How about yeah. that, man? I mean, I, I know you're into the NFL and you didn't have a great weekend because your dude got got dropped. But yeah, <laughs> y- you you there's no way you missed the, the Chiefs Bears game and, and the invasion of Taylor and, and all that aftermath. Right. I mean, Kelsey's sales are up 400 percent. Like Jersey sales. And oh it's, yeah, it's I mean it was, it was crazy. I mean, and it's literally like she was on screen for what, like two minutes total, maybe. They would yeah. like show her for yeah. a little while in the box, and then that was it. But yeah, it seems like no matter what medium she puts herself into, her fans will flock to it for sure. So. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, the NFL's been putting out, uh, you know, football for Swifties, like guides, so they they understand what's happening. And I love, listen, I'm a sucker for, for love stories. I actually caught Kelsey last week on Pat McAfee making the pitch. So then to tune in (laughs) Sunday and see like he actually got her to show up. I don't know. It was just cool. Like, listen, when it comes down to it, fuck the Chiefs. They're not the Steelers. (laughs) And, And fuck Kelsey. He's not on the Steelers. But I, as a human and I'm definitely engaged in this whole Kelsey Swift thing right now. I, I can't help myself. It it is it is the pop culture moment of the week for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that has captured the minds of, of social media in fucking everywhere. Like it doesn't matter where you go. There's some kind of Taylor Swift and J, uh, Travis Kelsey did you, thing. Nick, did there. you see the clip? Where, you know, it, it was someone that had access to behind the scenes Kansas City Stadium. I, I, he's related to someone famous, but he, he had his phone out at the right time when Travis and Taylor walked by and he's holding it up. He's like, oh, hey, Travis gives him a look like 
Yeah, thanks for the fucking cock block, dickhead. Oh, like, God. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, hey, cool. I'm glad you were here when we were walking through. But, of course, people caught him out in their convertible, and then they had a dinner. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, Mando Pirate, you, you would not have liked that game. The Bears are pretty bad. Uh, my man, Justin Fields, I don't know if it's him or just the organization, but he's not looking great either. So I think, yeah, I think it's mostly the organization. I don't think that Chicago has been a no. stable organization no. for quite a while. So. So. Yeah, so, uh, and then, like I said, Nick's guy is dead for a while. Luckily, it doesn't seem like, I, I thought it was going to be what I did when they were talking about it, but it, it seems just an AC yeah, joint. So AC joint sprain. So we'll see. They're, they're listing, he's out for this week for sure, and then I think it's just listed as week to week. So we'll see. Hopefully the Saints don't lose too many games in a row. And it, it was <laughs> evident without him. I mean, oh, Jameis, yeah. Jameis is Jameis, man. It just, yeah. it's, it's It's rough. Yeah, just a little limited in what you can do with him instead of Derek Carr. But you know what? That's that's for a different show. That's for the the football time show. This is the Star Wars time show. <laughs> so right. hey, we we get off tangent, but uh, <laughs> it happens. That's that's yeah. the name of the game here at the SWTS. If you ever joined around, we cover all topics. But since we are in season, uh, and I kind of have to get packing here, we have to get to today's or really yesterday's ahsoka ahsoka episode seven dreams and madness all right so unfortunately nick has already spoiled it for me i kind of know where he's going here <laughs> uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and since he, he didn't get time last week i'm gonna go ahead and let him kick off our breakdown and review if you are new here we typically give our light review thoughts and then we'll drill into some of the the nitty-gritty the, the the top moments references from past star wars easter eggs ha moments that i wrote down that maybe nick can help me with so nick i, I kind of know where things are going but go ahead your fans have been eagerly awaiting your live response mm-hmm. to thrawn's second episode in live action uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of give you my thoughts on <laughs> Thrawn and then my thoughts just kind of on the state of Star Wars villains in general right here. And then we can kind of just move into the episode breakdown. But but essentially, like, I just I just don't don't like the Thrawn that's being portrayed in the show. And and it's probably because I've read so much Thrawn. I've essentially read seven books of Thrawn. From, you know, the the old ones to the new ones to one of the the prequel books uh, of Thrawn prior to his insertion into the Imperial superstructure. And I just don't feel like the way that this character is written really lives up to the way that it was written in the books. Um, and, I, I you know, I, th- I think that our, our old intern, uh, Ryan, a.k.a. Kung Fu Treachery, um, also kind of had a similar sentiment when I was in discord last week, like really kind of burning everything down around Thrawn. Um, and I think he, like he did a better My job, of, <laughs> like he did a better job of expecta- expectation setting for himself. And I was, you know, I didn't really do that. Like I, I was pretty confident that given the source material and given the fact that, that Timothy Zahn has written a new trilogy of Thrawn books within Canon that, um, they would be able to adapt him well to live action. I thought that they did a decent job in the animated series, but this Thrawn just kind of feels like a cheapened version 
and just doesn't resonate with me. And that's fine. Like not everybody's going to like everything. Not everybody is, you know, not every piece of content is for everybody. And this just isn't for me. Um, but, but what I think is, is symptomatic here is just kind of the issue with star Wars in general after George, um, they've always had a problem with villains. See, he's going to hit you with a good point right here, everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that the issue that we're seeing now with Thrawn, or at least that I'm seeing now with Thrawn, I'm glad that, that people are enjoying him. Um, but the issue that I'm seeing now with Thrawn is symptomatic of something that is an issue with Star Wars, even up to this day. And it's that the writers after George have not been able to successfully adapt a new villain to, to really take the place of Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. If you really look at the history of Star Wars, even all the way through the sequel trilogy, there's there's really only ever been two main villains. There's been some that have been sprinkled in there through the cartoon series for small arcs and, and, and other things like that. Would you count Maul among a good, a great Star Wars villain, even though he kind of had to be resurrected to live out his full potential? <laughs> yeah, I think that that Maul did a really good job of like of being a short arc villain in star Wars. And there were other good short arc villains as well. I mean, you could even argue that Asajj Ventress had a really good short arc villain in, uh, or was a really good short arc villain in, in Clone Wars. Obviously with Maul, he was a great short arc villain in rebels and towards the end of, of Clone Wars as well. Um, but I think that, they've had real issues of figuring out who's going to be a big bad and, and really how to write an intriguing villain after Palpatine and Vader. Um, and I think that it's, it's just kind of showing itself with Thrawn again. Um, I mean, one of my big issue, my, one of my big issues was like, basically I, I laid out all of my issues that, that, you know, Matt went through on, on the podcast that I wasn't on last week. And, my issues just showed themselves exactly how I predicted them to show themselves in this week's episode. And like, that's just, that's just not Thrawn. Like Thrawn doesn't uh, allow people to go free knowing that they can foil his plan. And then all of a sudden, boom, what happens? The exact thing that I said was going to happen last week. It's like, oh, you sent Balin and Shin to go handle this with a bunch of nondescript stormtroopers that always fail. And what happens? The, the people that you don't trust and know let you down and all of the stormtroopers failed. Like literally from the second that episode five ended and I saw what his plan was, I was like, this is how it's going to get fucked up. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but he said he wasted their time, right? So is that Thrawn just, being overconfident, Nick, when he's telling Morgan? Is he, is he trying to convince himself that his plan of losing the win is still the right way to go? Because she's starting to look at him kind of like how you're looking at him. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the thing is, at the end, he's like, well, hey, listen, you might think the good guys won, but this is exactly what I wanted. She's wasting time. I mean, I I don't really know how to read this Thrawn because it's just written differently and it's 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 not what I've, you know, become accustomed to with the character. So I I really don't know what he's doing. I'm just he has been in exile for 15 ish years, too. Maybe he's, he's gone a little loopy, maybe whatever the power is on that planet. Maybe it's it's fucked him up. Made him a little stupid. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't know. But like, what's I guess my issue with it is like the 
the issues with his plan are so clearly flawed that even I could see it from an episode away. Um, his, his idea is seemingly just like, well, I'm going to get off the planet fast and then they can't get off the planet. But realistically, like Ahsoka literally just showed up with no other way to get there. So like, you don't think that they can leave the planet the same way that they got like onto the planet. It's just, there's a lot of just like logical flaws that are very consistent with the way that like standard villains are written in Star Wars. Like, you know, this is the same way that you would write if this was Captain Nita or if this was fucking any other Imperial, you know, admiral or general who was stranded out here. And it's just, it's so like, I shouldn't be able to look at what's happening and be able to be four steps ahead of Thrawn, you know, right off the bat. And that's just kind of, it kind of feels disappointing. Um, but it is kind of symptomatic of, of Star Wars since George had written the primary two villains that have really stuck with us through this entire time. I mean, the primary villain of the sequel trilogy ended up being Palpatine the whole time. And was that a bad choice? Yes. Clearly. Like, yes, it was a bad choice, but that's what we have. And, you know, there was an intriguing villain in Kylo, but ultimately, like, you could watch that and knowing what his background was, you know that he wasn't going to be the big villain the whole time. So, like, you know that there was a turn in place for him. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just a little... It's a little disappointing to see a character that was so well thought out and so well written by Timothy Zahn in the novels just kind of adapted into a a very standard Star Wars villain um, that can be easily subverted by some by by with little effort by the by the heroes. I'll put it that way. Um, and 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 really, what Star Wars has done a good job of since George has has offboarded is that they've done a good job in, in writing their heroes. Like they, 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 they make really good heroes regardless of whether, you know, they're for everybody or they're not for everybody. I think that Ray was a really well-written hero. I think that Ezra and Sabine and all of the members of, um, of Phoenix squadron were really well-written heroes. And I think that they are clearly the standouts of this show. Um, and I think that what may be happening is something that you mentioned, Matt, when I kind of gave you my thoughts on this episode is what you said was, well, well, the good guys have to win. And if that's the mindset that the writers are going in with, and that's the mindset that, you know, that we are now kind of putting onto the audience is, well, the heroes are going to win. Then that disincentivizes you from writing good villains or writing villains that, that, you know, or even writing story arcs where the good guys don't win. I mean, if the if the idea and the entire kind of thesis that you're writing your show with is that, well, the good guys are going to win, you don't have a reason to put effort into writing villains that could win. And and one thing that I like always point to when when people bring it up, it's like, well, good, like the good guys always win or the good guys are going to win. The two most popular Star Wars movies, if you just go through and ask, like even multi-generational, like if you go and, and ask fans of the prequels and if you go and ask fans of the OT, um, it's e- it's ESB and it's ROTS. It's Empire Strikes Back and it's it's Revenge of the Sith. And what happens in both two of those? Two wrong answers. The, the good guys lose. The good guys lose in both of those movies. 
And it's, and I think that people have like the writers of star Wars may have lost sight of that. And I think that it, it, they are now writing it to just be like, well, we all know that the good guys are going to win. So why put effort into like making really deep villains or, or, or making it to where the good guys have to work just extremely hard to win when the assumption is that they're going to win anyway. So like, that's kind of where I feel the star that star Wars is in general. And I feel like that's just kind of the symptom of what's happening here. I mean, if we look at the Mandoverse, just like the Mandalorian as a whole, there is so little focus on villains that the show itself, at least for the last couple seasons have been built around the dynamic between the heroes. Like the, what, what made, you know, the last two seasons of, of Mando interesting really was, was the dynamic between the, the Mandalorian people of, you know, the, the underground kind of bunker people, the, the creed followers and the dynamic between them and, you know, the, the non-creed following Mandos that were under the, the lead. Right. Of there was no, Bo-Katan. I mean, Gideon didn't even show up till like episode yeah. six or seven. Yeah, so like you didn't like that show didn't even have a real villain. It's like yeah, like Gideon was there in the background, but it was also like yeah, but it's the, what what is this dude gonna do? Like it was the assumption was it's like well yeah, once the heroes figure their shit out, then 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 Gideon's gonna get waxed, and that's what happened. And I just feel yeah, like yeah. that's it, that's Star Wars because I mean we we bring up ESB, we bring up rots, but in the end the the good guys win, right? I mean Return of the Jedi, good guys win. Yeah, I mean, a new hope. Good guys win. So we haven't finished this tale yet. We don't even know if there's going to be a second season. So it's hard to sit here and say, at least for me, again, I don't have the attachments to book Thrawn. I know Thrawn from Rebels. And to me, no bullshit. He's that dude. I watched last night. And I'm like, there's the dude. He's telling you exactly what he's doing. And it makes sense to me. He doesn't give a fuck about Ezra. Never has. All he wants to do is escape. He didn't give a fuck yeah. about Sabine. He just, he literally said, I let her go so Ahsoka wouldn't come right here and kick the shit out of us. So yeah. that, that worked out. And then at the end, like I said, it does feel like he's trying to convince himself at this point that he's still a master tactician. But he literally said, everything is going according to plan. They're out there fucking around. We're hours away from leaving. I'm the man. And I just take it as face value. But I don't know the guy from the books. And I also, I was bringing this up to you earlier. I think all of you book Thrawn people, I would, I would assume he's written as the protagonist. So he probably is the hero of those books. He is getting wins. He is written as a good guy. I would imagine, even though I he's, mean, he's on the, the Imperial side, but he's still, he is the, the main point of view character. He's your hero. He's your protagonist. So he is going to be written just like the heroes are written in, I, I, in, in TV. And that's so like, and here's another thing where it's just like in books, it's easier to do this. And like, there is no protagonist in the Thrawn books. Like he's, he's not a protagonist, like, because he's not fighting against somebody else. There's no antagonist in the Thrawn books. What you're seeing is a master tactician at work and how he, he works through and, and, subverts all expectation in a environment that is built for him to fail. It's not, it's not like him versus somebody else. 
But and he's, I would assume he, he still has a mission or he's trying to accomplish something. Maybe, maybe that's the antagonist, but he is the hero of those books, correct? It's just like hero is not the word that I would use, but I mean, he's but the you, main character. You know character. what I mean? Yeah, he's the main guy, so he's being written that way. He's not be- yeah. necessarily being written as the foil to the hero, because if there was a hero in those books, I guarantee you he'd get beat. I, and and that's the problem. Like you are you are exactly saying what the problem is. Is that if there's a if there's a good guy, they gotta win. Like that's the problem. Well, I, yeah. Hey, listen. It it is an issue, but it, it I think it also goes back to everyone that wants to light this guy on fire. That it's the same thing. Like you gotta understand, we're in TV. We don't have thousands of pages to write, so they're they're giving us. And, and listen, I. Nick's opinions are completely valid. I'm not, this isn't one of these pissing matches we used to get into. I, I just, it, it, I'm still so surprised of how far off we are at this point in time on this show now and this character. And that's, hey, that's the fun thing about being human and understanding that opinions can vary. But I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say I'm brain dead, but the past two episodes watching this, I'm just like, yeah. This is pretty much what I expected, and I do think he's going to get the big win, which would be returning to the galaxy, even though no one in the dumbass New Republic thinks that's going to happen. And yes, of course, some of the good guys are probably going to make it with them, but I also think they're going to take an L. Uh, From what we've been explained, this should follow the ESB model, at least next week's episode. Um, but I, I still don't think that's going to appease a lot of people that have these issues with Thrawn, because as Nick said, it, it, it's still going to play out like he's projecting. And, and, and we've, I, I think I, I kind of predicted as much last night. I mean, I, I, there's only two ways the good guys leave at this point. They, they disguise themselves and sneak onto the Chimera, or they, they somehow snake out of there on Ahsoka's T6 in hope that the whales come back, which aren't going to happen because they know that their fucking burial ground is loaded with a minefield at this point in time. Like, I understand th- those whales aren't stupid, right? They, once they realize shit was fucked, what'd they do? <laughs> we out. So really, I think the good guys technically only have one option, and that's getting on the chimera. The question is, do they all make it? Who sacrifices themselves to ensure at least a few do? That, that's where we're going, people. Like, let, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, I would be surprised, honestly, if they killed anybody at this point. Because I well, just you, don't you know, think that you know they're who I think it's it going to be. You know who I think it's going to be? Who, it, who Yang? I mean, yeah, it's like a, they write it as like a nobody. Like, they, they write it off. Because listen, if that's, it, if that's the thing, then it's like, okay. you know, as well. I, I mean, I guess Ezra could be on the table. I mean, some of the shit he was saying last night definitely has him marked like, oh, I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to go home. I, I really think we're going home now. That That's pretty much, hey, stick a fucking bullseye on my face <laughs> and shoot me. Uh, I, I don't think you can take out Ahsoka, clearly, um, and you, you're probably not going to take out Sabine, although that would make sense considering she's the one that kind of fucked everybody by selling out the Balin and getting over here. That that would be a hell of a redemption if you're Sabine and you're like, you know what, this is pretty much my fault. You guys go. Try to try to make it right for me. I'll I'll sit here and do my time like Ezra did 15 years ago I could see that happening and, and I think that would be an earned an earned loss uh, for the good guy it would be a tragic loss for the good guys for sure 
Yeah, um, we'll see how. So it, I, I, I got to ask, Nick. I mean, you, you, you focused on the blue guy. Has this series just completely fallen off the map for you because of him, or is there anything redeemable about Episode Seven? I mean, it was. I think that they've done a good job, and like they've done in the past, they've done a good job of of writing their heroes and and building the bonds between the characters on like the you know the heroic side of things. Um, I think that uh, they have you know they've really done a good job of like bringing their personality out again mm-hmm. and, and, and making them feel more authentic to the rebels that we saw in the TV series. So I think that they, they've done a really good job of that. I thought that the fights were really cool. I am kind of disappointed that we're probably not going to get Balin's yeah, ultimate. We'll, kind we'll of, spend some time on that. Cause I'm with you. Yeah. Like there's just so little time to actually get to the end of that arc with Ray intact. Um, so I, I don't think that that's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that they've done a good job of, of like really building their heroes back up and, and like making it, you know, they've got them all back together again, which is exactly where they want it to be. They're, they're able to, to coordinate. They've already like, you know, uh, shown that these new night troopers aren't anything that are as you know scarier than than standard stormtroopers at this point, from what we can tell. Um, and yeah, I think that they've 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 put their heroes in a position to um, to be successful in what they're trying to do. Um, hey, so last I think week done a good job with when that. he was signing off, and, and by the way, this week they did call him my lord, so I was right. He's the king of Peridia. Um. He's like, hey, I'm going to need your dark magic again. We don't necessarily see him use it outside of uh, triangulating Ahsoka. Do you think that's what he was referring to last week? Yeah, I don't know. I don't or know. Or is what there the something off of their... screen that, that they're saving for the finale? Yeah, I mean, I hope that there's something off screen that they're saving. It seems like they can tap into some sort of like... Oh, they're connected to the Force. I mean, I think yeah. they've, they've lightly said that even back in, in the Clone Wars day. It's just a whole different Yeah, like take a different... Because, I mean, dude, they didn't triangulate her until she tapped into the Force. Like, yeah. it took her reaching out to Sabine for them to go, no, 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 bing, and, and kind of pinpoint. Yeah. Um, no, hey, so don't... I... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I think that, I think that um, that's, like, there. he was definitely in the first episode asking about something that we haven't seen yet. Because he's asking them, like, he was asking them about, like, what do you see in the threads or threads whatever of destiny so like, or whatever yeah. yeah so so they can clearly like tap into the force and i think that initially in the first episode he was more asking about that it's like hey can you can you do some sort of like future right. you know, it was, it was future right at reading. the end it was literally right before the episode closed off and he's like great mothers i'm gonna need your dark magic again and i, I figured yeah. it's to resurrect more forces because at this point they're not called night troopers for fun think of yeah. the term night trooper what else do we know night sisters okay they make this stuff pretty easy there's a lot of people like i think they might be undead well no fucking shit night trooper turn on your captions my friends i'm telling you right now at least on your first viewing maybe your second captions reveal a ton of shit you're never going to pick up without using them they also refer to them as the grandmothers by the end of episode six i i I didn't see that again in episode seven but it's like everyone's everyone's adopting the grand title at this point yeah so they're they're shifting the names around quite a bit um (laughs) b matt asked what i think of balan i think that balan's probably the most intriguing character in the whole show at this point 
But he like if you're asking me like, oh, what do you think of Balin as a villain? Balin's not a villain. Like, let's just put that on Front Street. Like, he's he's not a villain. Like, vi- Balin is a character with his own agenda that is using everybody. The, I mean, he's yeah, even like, used Shin at this point in time, as clearly. Yeah pointed out in this episode exactly like he is working towards his own goal that is completely separated from what the heroes and the villains on this planet are working towards like he has something like he essentially from what i can gather at this point only agreed to work with morgan elsbeth because yeah because he knew he would get there and then once he was there he's like i don't give a fuck about you guys like like thrawn Fuck you. I don't care. Like I have my own thing that I'm focused on. Yeah. And and what's intriguing about it is that we don't know what it is and that it's something that is so powerful that somebody who has been formerly trained as a Jedi and then has now taken on work as a mercenary and continued to like, you know, build his knowledge and 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 train himself in in you know, towards whatever this is is that's what makes him intriguing is that he is completely on a journey of his own and we have no idea what it is, but it's powerful enough to, for him to look at, you know, this repaired star destroyer and these zombie troopers and be like, this ain't shit. Like, I mean, dude, he's willingly going away from his only ride home. Like he, he's like, no, I don't give a fuck about that type of power. That's old power. You know, we got tough guys at the top and you're blowing shit up. Like Nick said, we we don't know. We we've speculated. Is, is there another powerful force on the planet calling to him? Something that even the great mothers are scared of. Thrawn is scared of. He keeps calling it this forsaken planet. Uh, they talked about how the the witch kingdom of the of the great mothers or the of the, of the Dathomirians is all in ruin in a wasteland. Why? Where are the rest of the Dathomirians? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's there's some fucking funky shit on Peridia that has been calling to Balin. Like he, he knew about it through the, 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 the folklores and folk tales as a youngling. But like I said, way back when the premiere happened, I was like, I feel like there's some other evil force out there that that's manipulating this adventure. And it seems that that is becoming true, at least when it comes to Balin. Cause they did, they did confirm sure as shit. The great mothers and Thrawn were definitely communicating with Morgan through time and space. So that yeah, that yeah. was taken care of. But I, I do think Balin has been hearing this this other spirit, at least definitely when he gets there, because he's like, can you feel it? Can you feel it stirring? It's calling out to me like he, he's he's a, a like maniacal about it at this point in time. So yeah, much so yeah. that he's like, hey, Padawan, it's been nice knowing you go fuck yourself. I mean, literally, that's. That was the hardest cut you you will ever see between master and apprentice. It was just like, yeah, go eat shit. You, you, yeah, your I mean, path is not with me. I see you're you're just fucking. What a great line here. I wrote this one down. Um, what the fuck did he say? Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. And and possibly Nick, he's talking about your boy too. Like I said, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the way Thrawn is being portrayed, that there he he does seem a little impatient, as Nick is saying. He seems a little too focused on the fact that time is on our side; we can get out of here. Versus, do I have backup plans if time fucks us? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's. I, I think Balin you know, was speaking to definitely to, to everyone. <laughs> yeah, like definitely to 
the situation that's going on now with the with the villains on the planet where it is just like very short-sighted very one note like put all these boxes on the ship and then go away like that's kind of the plan right now and yeah. and and everything that surrounds the plan is just like well just get them away from us just make sure they're far away and that's when what makes Balin interesting because he he doesn't give two fucks yeah i no, mean even when ahsoka like, shows up he's like you know what it's good to see you but we're going to have to do this again because I know you're trying to stop me from doing my thing, even though she's not. I, I got to ask you there. Was that purposeful or was that the force that guided them together as she, you know, kamikaze out of the T-6? Yeah, like, I mean. Did, did, did she know he was sitting there or was that the force <laughs> being the force? That, that may have been the force being the force. It could also be that just like, I mean, the or force did he know in- or did he know that she was going to be there? Because y- you know what I mean, dude? She literally is like, all right, drop the ramp, does a few yeah. rolls. There's Balin and on then, his fucking and mount. Balin. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and the thing with Balin is, is like, he would like, it seems like he is the one who's kind of like, hey, if you, if you come around me, like I'll fight you, but I, I have no desire to kill you. Yeah, so I don't I want think to. That it might, yeah, it's like, yeah. just let me go. And I wonder, I, maybe she had to fight him just so she could steal his mount because that's what she ultimately ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it seemed odd to me. I was like, is this just a bad edit or was this purposeful? Was he waiting? That, it felt like he was almost waiting for her. Yeah, I think that it, it may have just been like a movie moment, honestly, okay. where it's like she's coming in. Like she had the hot read on where Sabine was. Right. So she's coming in there. And then Balin and Shin were there anyway because, you know, they were trying to track these people down. So it's just like, oh, per- like timing crossed perfectly. And now we get okay. another showdown. Yeah, between I, don't, the two. I mean, that, that's why I wrote it down. I was like, was this purposeful? Was this through the force? Uh, was one looking for the other? I don't know. It's just a. The, the way it was, yeah, like one six shooter saying here, plot convenience for plot. Yeah. <laughs> one six shooter like you, he's about ready to light this show on fire. It's, but it's like, it's good. Like, I like to see the interactions between Balin and Ahsoka sure. because, because Ahsoka is so intent on looking at him as a bad guy. Ah- Ahsoka, like, is so single minded and like, he's wearing black armor, he's got a red lightsaber, red ish lightsaber. Like, bad, he's a bad guy. I got to kill him. He's a bad guy. But so many times, has he told her like, look, I don't care about you. I don't care about him. I don't care about any of this shit. Like, I'm not going to try to kill you. If you're going to come at me, then I will fight you to get you away from me. Yeah, but am dude, I going th- this to fight like- was odd though, right? Because it, it was almost like she didn't go into it thinking she wanted to end it because she had Hu Yang timed out to drop the flare. So yeah, it was almost like a planned distraction, I guess. Yeah. And it's, it was in like when she landed and he he drew his lightsaber. He's like, "Look, if you're gonna get in my way, I'm gonna fight you. If you're not gonna get in my way, I don't give a fuck about you." Like, so that's what makes him so okay. intriguing yeah, is right. that he had like it doesn't matter who's in front of him. He is focused on his goal. So like, if so much so, his Padawan was in front of him and was like, "See ya." Yeah, you're, you're not meant to be with me anymore. You're not meant to finish my journey. You're meant to go claim your power yeah. within the old power structure. Exactly. It's like, go become a part of this new empire. I There's something else that I'm going to do. And it's always like, it's not even like a Star Wars thing. It's always intriguing when there's a character in a show 
that is working just completely parallel to everybody else. It's like everybody else going one direction or perpendicular to everybody else. Everybody else going this way, he's going this way. And he does not give a fuck about what's yeah. going on in this direction. Like that That's why so, I'm worried. I mean, we're so... We haven't even got through our general <laughs> reviews of this motherfucker yet. We're, we're, <laughs> this is a scatterbrained approach here, but it's working. It's what happens when we interact with the guests. So it's a good time. Um, yeah, I finally was like, yeah, I probably should put some images up on the screen. <laughs> We've been sitting there just rambling, looking at ads on the website. But yeah, I, I guess my real quick two cents, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty. Not that we haven't already, but I, I enjoyed it. I It was, it was probably the least, ooh, that's my best way of, uh, of uh, describing it episode. Like I definitely... Didn't feel like when it ended, I wasn't like, oh, it, there were no surprises. Right. Like, it, it, it it was good. It was I, it was really good. Trust me. If I may had to rate it, probably seven and a half, eight. It, it was it was great. It was at least B, if not a minus. I had no qualms with it. I, I still think Thrawn, at least for the Thrawn I know, is Rebels correct. I kind of understand where he's coming from, although I do think it's a bit of overconfidence. Uh, the, the the action was great. We'll we'll talk about some of the other moments that really stood out. But it, to me, this series still feels nice and fresh. I think the storytelling is sound. Like Nick said, the heroes are really shining at this point in time, especially Ahsoka. I, I really feel like uh, her lesson with Anakin has just completely revitalized this character, and and we are seeing the the snips of old reborn but with the power of a master and i mean even if balin wanted to fight her to the end he had no chance she is unbeatable at this point in time outside of i i truly think sacrifice i don't know who can take her out currently in either galaxy she's peak there's no doubt about it so uh, i appreciate all that and and i do i like the Shin stuff, I really feel for this character. You, you can tell, like, whole series long now, she's starting to really come into full frame here, even though she's barely been developed. But if you just pay attention to her and the few things she has said, she just has always looked to be long. She just, she, she, it's like she doesn't even know who she is. I mean, hell, as of last week, she didn't even know she wasn't being trained as a Jedi. She just kind of blindly follows these these leaders, these masters, these adult figures. And in each and every instance, they've kind of fucked her over like that blind uh, loyalty. L look what happened. She followed a dude to a whole other galaxy only to get left and essentially said, I'm done with you. You figure out where you belong now. And, and the, 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 the key thing is she doesn't know where she belongs. You can tell she doesn't quite think she's a Thrawn baddie type of person. She is lost. She thought about Ahsoka's offer for a little bit. And she ran away because I, I think she feels shame at this point in time. Like, look at all this shit I did. Look at everything I bought into, believed in, followed. And it was all just ripped out from underneath me in the snap of a finger. I have nobody even Thrawn's forces left me when their little fucking robot came around and blew the whistle. She has nothing, yeah. friends. So that is interesting. Where does that go? I, I really do think, even though I flip-flopped, 
my initial prediction that she is going to see the light or do something to help the good guys is now looking quite juicy. All right. And I do want to say yesterday, I hate myself. All along on the show, I've been saying we're going to get the, the Anakin recording via Ahsoka reminiscing or doing something. But yesterday I tried to get cute, didn't I? I was like, you know what? I think we're going to hear the Anakin dialogue from the trailers via Thrawn studying some old tapes. That would have been cool, but what we got was just as just as great. So I, I, I will admit when I have failed you all, mm-hmm. but I promise you on this show at some point in time, I did say Ahsoka would be the one to deliver us hollow Anakin. Uh, so overall, I'm, I'm still happy. Uh, the Thrawn stuff really does not bite me in the ass, but Nick's point on Star Wars bad guys is valid. The problem is it's never going to change. Uh, it, it, George is done with it. That's that's one of the greatest points Nick has ever made. If you really think about it, you know, Grievous, Dooku, Asajj, fucking Dirge, even. All these all these bad guys were from George. They're gone. <laughs> that's it. In fact, they try to keep bringing these motherfuckers back as much as they can. Right? Who, who do they yeah. focus on in Tales of the Jedi? Count Dooku. Yep. Who got a main focus in Clone Wars and Rebels? Darth Maul. Same with Grievous. I mean, Grievous was only fucking the first 45 minutes of Revenge of the Sith, if you really think about it. But then he had a whole second life as one of the main villains in the Clone Wars. Um, So that, yeah, I mean, young Nick fucking hit that nail right on the head. Uh, I, I still, you know, I wish for him that he could still get some sort of enjoyment out of watching this stuff but hey that the, the thrawn thing has has soiled and and that's um it we'll happens. see where it goes like i said i'm i'm just at this point like i'm rev- like reserving my judgment until the end of the series just to see if there's anything interesting that that pops up but i'm gonna be honest like the, the series has been relatively formulaic and like pretty easy to predict this from from the start like oh yeah it was I, it's I didn't, like i didn't expect it to, i mean well i guess the one gift we we got and i'll, I'll talk about it because i i don't think it's gonna get paid off on is balin and, and his yeah h- him and shin have been the mystery of this series uh, yeah like you said and unless you're completely casual we all knew well i mean i knew what what this would be maybe maybe that's why i'm not so upset because it's like oh yeah it's playing out exactly as it would it, it just i don't know what other way this would play out i, I just don't uh, <laughs> they're not leaving three heroes stranded uh, while a good guy returns and and we all knew thrawn's coming back or why have a fucking why introduce him in mandalorian season three why pitch the idea of a an endgame style Mandoverse movie? I mean, who who gives a shit about the remnant now, right? Ziono surely doesn't now that Gideon's off the map, even though I don't think he is. But you you, you all get my point. Thrawn has always had to return. That that's it. Um, yeah, I but mean, that, that doesn't discount what yeah. Nick's saying. Like from a narrative standpoint, he's he's spitting truth. I just. I don't know. It, it hasn't affected me that way with, with the series. Yeah. I'm still high I, I just, on Ahsoka. I wanted it to be a bit more intelligent. I just wanted it to be like, I wanted it to feel like, man, you have to start reading heroes, again, buddy. You're going to start reading I, I, again. I mean, like it, I do <laughs> because I, I really wanted it to feel like the heroes fucking earned it. They, they 
beat him. They outsmarted him. Right. They did what they needed to do to to earn this victory. And like up to this point, they've been given everything. Like they like even in the even in like the 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 Starfighter like chase with Ahsoka, he's like, "We'll just leave her, and we'll just shoot bombs at her from space." It's like, how many times has that been done in Star Wars? Like, how many times? He explained it it, right. He told Morgan when she looked at him, like you would have, like, "Are you sure, dude?" Well, he's like, "No, yeah, let her choose her own path." So we we'll always stay one step ahead. And then Uh, Morgan looks at him when she gets away, like, "Didn't I fucking say that that was retarded?" That's what I was saying, man. You are Morgan. Morgan, even though she's subservient to him, you can tell. In her mind, she's going, what the fuck happened to this guy? Yeah. Uh, this shit's kind of shady. I agree with at that Nick C on YouTube. <laughs> it's a, it was, a, it's, and it's like, if you are, I wish that they would have used a different character. I'll just put it that way. I, hey, I just hey, real, wish real that quick. this wasn't Thrawn. <laughs> we got one here from Johnny Boy. Do you think Shin takes out Balin? I or tries not. to. I hope not because I, well, one, I don't think that she could do it because I don't think that she, she's just like a raw ball of emotion. And, 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 and Balin is so in tune with, with himself, Mm -hmm. with his purpose and with the force in general that I don't think that even if she like snuck up behind him when he was asleep, she could kill him. Like, and I don't think that necessarily he deserves to be killed by Shin. Like I see a lot of people out there like, or a lot of people in chats, like, Balin deserves a, a lightsaber in the gut from Shin. And it's like, realistically, like, what did he do to her? Like, he put her in a position to where she is now in a part of an organization that is extremely powerful f- at, at face value. And is and if she can follow through on the tasks that she's been given, then she will be a valued member of this new empire. And, and all he's done is like, look, I'm going to train you. I'm going to give you all of the things that you need. And I'm going to put you in a situation to where you can succeed if you put forth the effort. But I'm not going to be there for you always. Like, as with every master and apprentice, he's like, I have done everything that I can do for you. It is now your time to thrive on your own. Is she upset about that? Almost assuredly, Yeah. But it's because, like you were saying, she's never had to make a decision on her own. Like, she's never been in a situation to where there wasn't somebody telling her what to do. And now she's afraid. Is that Balin's fault? No. Like, Balin has put her in a position to succeed. Or at least put her in a position to make a choice, like an intelligent choice, to where she should put her allegiances. And he doesn't ultimately care. Like if he turned, if she, if Shin turns to the light side and joins the heroes, does he care? No. Like it, he doesn't care if he, if she ends up with Thrawn or with Ahsoka. I do think they're, they're tied together and it, it it goes back to the, the Norse wolves, you know, Skull and Hati. I mean, did you literally see their mounts? Oh yeah. Hers was light. His is dark. I mean, it's, Dave couldn't be more direct with what he's trying to tell here. And the story is, from what I've told, one chases the sun, one chases the moon. When they catch them, Ragnarok happens. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, Nick, I don't, I don't know if you, you picked up on it, but apparently at the, the, the night sisters, whatever, wherever the hell they're chilling, 
when they're standing out there on the balcony in episode six, there's a doorway. That door apparently has Zepho symbols, the same that have been featured in, you know, Jedi Fallen Order. And yeah. uh, apparently there is like some crazy Zepho power god thing. And, you know, may- maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably. But 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 think about the like the Norse mythology. If, if he f- catches his power and she comes and gets hers and they come together you know we're we're destroying shit so i i mean that that i do think their fates are tied so i'm i'm not opposed to them crossing paths one more time and potentially taking each other out or one preventing the other so on and so forth one six shooters thinking uh, he's looking for the um you know some form of power and she may try to kill him to get it herself he thinks he's looking for something to bring the Jedi. See, I I was talking last night. Someone deciphered the Arabesh on his gauntlet, and he's got all the fucking OT heroes' names on it. Luke, Han, Leia, R2. Um, but it, it, as he, he wants to go to the beginning. He wants to break the cycle. I, I, it does feel like he wants to reset something, take the Force away from the galaxy. I don't know. That's why I'm worried, and that was probably one of the biggest downsides to me for this episode is... The fact that they did not move Balin's story ahead at all. I yeah. mean, the only thing they, they they changed is he ditched his apprentice. He got no closer. We learned nothing more. So how are you going to have enough time in the finale to pay off on that fucking thread that's been going on for multiple episodes and show the inevitable rush to try and get the fuck off the planet or, or stop Thrawn, Thrawn gets off, so on and so forth. So... I uh, I have a bad feeling about this, as they say in Star Wars. I, I think the Balin shit, unless we're getting an hour-long episode, which you know we're not. I mean, you know, knowing modern Star Wars, the finale's probably going to be 30 minutes long. Yeah, it'll be the shortest. You know one. what I mean? Like, that's just where we're headed, so... But I, I too have been thinking: that, Is he trying to snuff out the Force? Is he trying to, you know, prevent it from ever going back? He doesn't want to start the Jedi Order because he specifically said, "I don't like their ideals." But it does sound like he wants to somehow be the the keeper of that power, so that there are no, you know, Force beings. Who the fuck knows? That, that's, that's yeah. what I mean. There hasn't been enough light shed on it. Yeah, I think either. Like one six just said, they're either gonna they they may have to recast him. I mean, it's it's tough. They may have to recast him. I think that the and, and it's so hard to do this now because the show was already finished before Dude, he just died. Ask his family, but, use fucking AI yeah. and, and CG. We we can't just slap a, 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 another dude in there because I think everyone's right. I mean, this popped up in the Discord today. I don't know how you resolve the Balin stuff in full when we only have one episode left. And there's the whole other big plot point of Thrawn trying to get the fuck out. And obviously the good guys also trying to get the fuck out. Yeah. I think that the best way that you could handle it, honestly, is is probably through Shin. But that's going to get fucked up in this in this finale yeah, so, for so, sure. So we're going to have we're going to be following, you think, at, at least three threads. Shin, Balin, kind of on their own until they potentially link up. The good guys, the 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 quad, right? Yeah, and then the heroes, obviously Thrawn's Thrawn and the, right. and the bad yeah. guys. Yeah, I think I so mean, too. And that that's my point. How do you 
How do you yeah. pay justice to that in a, in one episode that we know yeah. at most is going to be 40 minutes if we're lucky? Yeah. I mean, cause, cause here's what should happen. Like if, if Filoni and all the writers would have known that like, Hey, Ray's not going to be with us for season two. This is how you handle it. Shin is clearly in a state of just pure panic now. Like, like it doesn't, like she doesn't, she, I mean, like, did she think about Ahsoka's offer? Yeah. But like, is it intriguing? It's like, well, th- then what? Then you're just doing the same thing for the light side that you did for this guy. Like you're just taking orders from, from somebody else and you're swinging your lightsaber for them. Like it's, it, it, there's no difference. She there's would train no- him, train her like a proper Jedi with compassion <laughs> and care and wouldn't use her as a tool of destruction. Yeah. But it's the same story. <laughs> right, it's the right. same thing. It's like, okay, you're, you're now the blade of somebody else. Um, realistically, if they knew that, that Ray was going to pass, here's what would have happened. She goes back and says that like, I've like that she's realized now that that neither of these sides is the, is the answer. Like there is no solace and in, in fighting for either side because that's what it is. Regardless of what side you're on, you're always fighting. And it doesn't matter if you're fighting for the light or the dark if your life is constantly in danger. And what he is proposing or what he is presenting is a world where that's no longer the constant state. And she would understand that like in order for her to break the cycle that she's in the same as the, the same cycle that the galaxy is in is for her to follow him and to understand truly what this power is. Okay. And how it can break. Good. You're, you're on to something. You're, you're right with me here. So Nick, do you think it was something that happened on this journey, you know, or her getting crazy, trying to choke out Sabine, seeing her on Peridia? Do, do, do you think it was something he identified as they were making this, as they were on this mission to where once they got there, he realized, you know what? She's not meant for what I'm going after. Or do you I think mean, it, he always planned to just essentially use her up until this point? I don't, I don't know if he planned to use her all the way, but I think the moment was when they were on CTOS and it's like, because he, he, yeah, he started to see some of her unhinged darkness and yeah. shit. Right. Okay. Because I don't think that he was necessarily like training her to be this like feral dark. No, side no, not at all. Like, but, but when he sees that and like, and, and he's like, Hey, we're going to take her with us. And she's like, well, why not just kill her? He essentially says that, like, you really haven't grasped anything that I've tried okay. to teach you. Like, that, that, and I think I'm just wondering if this had always been his his plan to just leave her or if he did believe like, no, we are we're in this together. She's my Padawan. I'm training her this way. I want her to experience this, this, the, whatever, the, the beginning with me. I mean, even yeah. even episode six, he's talking about like, hey, we're going to we're going to go find this. This is why we're here, actually, this this power source. But by episode seven, they're just hanging out there, kind of scouting things out. And I, he got a feel. He's like, yeah, you know what? This shit ain't for you anymore. You're you're a little too toxic. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Your impatience is wearing thin on me. Good yeah. luck. I think it, if he would all if he had always planned to just kind of use her as a means to get to where he wanted to be we wouldn't have heard up until this point, like all of the, like him correcting her okay, in certain yeah, spots. Right. Like, Hey, 
it's not about the it's not about the the dark side. It's not about the power. It's not about the the fight or whatever. Like he's always trying to like like redirect her. Like there is something that we are looking for right. that is not of this galaxy. That is not the cycle that you have been trapped in your entire life and that this galaxy has been trapped in for decades, if not longer. Like there is something that we're trying to work towards and he's always trying to redirect her focus. Like it's not about killing them. It's not about, you know, doing what Thrawn says. Right. It's not about that. It, there's something deeper and you're just not understanding that. And I think it's just gotten to a point to where it's like, he's like, even though I've trained you up to this point, and even though that I've tried to tell you and explain to it's you, it's like a "you have failed me." Yeah, yeah, it's Anakin like type of deal. It's almost like it's almost not even like you have failed me. It's almost like I, I just don't have the ability to to explain <laughs> to you. Like, how, how about this one? Could it be this 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 power on this planet affecting him at this point? clouding him a bit, kind of almost leading him away from everything he knew, almost becoming like his singular focus, almost telling him subconsciously, like, no, we don't need her, that type of stuff. Or, or do you think be. it is just what he has seen since this journey has progressed? It could be a bit of both. I mean, right. it, like, I don't know how much, cause like, he can clearly feel the yes. presence. Oh yeah. Of, I mean, it's consumed him. It's consumed him since they've landed. Yeah. And he has been like very, like he, he is very focused on like, I don't care what this guy says. I don't care mm -hmm. what this lady says. I'm on my thing. And it could be that like he, like now that he's on the planet, he has a more like a, a deeper understanding of like what the goal is and what the expectation of, of this forces of this power of this being or whatever it is and like maybe he can clearly see now is like this is like you are not you know uh, made of what you need to be to go on this journey yeah, like me. yeah she's not worthy or the, or the spirits telling him she's not worthy something like that yeah i don't know it was just it, it seemed a bit odd but also it, it's kind of playing along with how balin's been since arriving on peridia i mean he's yeah. Like I was saying last week, he, he, he kind of changed. He, he feels a little more uh, out of control, I guess, but still in control. I know that makes no sense, but he, he just doesn't seem to be the cool, calm, and collected dude that he was before he made it to Peridia. Something seems to be... It, it, oh, maybe it's the he's intoxicated by the, 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 the allure of the power he's seeking. I don't know, but he seems off. Yeah, it, like he's definitely like way more like single-mindedly focused right. on this power. Yeah, I mean this is like laser focus at this point in time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're 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 making our rounds. I think I might start going through some top moments. We'll see where the hell that goes. I kind of like this. This is very free flowing. Uh, but uh, listen, we and and I fucked up this too last night. I I, I had this on the top of my head. I forget. It. I forgot it. But I did want to throw out there that I thought we would get a little bit of New Republic action. It doesn't count now, so who cares? Well, we did. Like, in the beginning I, well, of no, the I was I mean, saying, was... I was saying for my prediction last night, I didn't mention oh, okay. it at all and I because I have holy brain and I forgot. And then it happened. I was like, well, shit, I could have said something intelligent. But, Nick, it was definitely a top moment to me. Not necessarily 
the first part of the trial, although it was good to see Ziono acting like a complete douchebag and Mothma trying a little bit to, to rein him in. Either, in my opinion, though, she was still getting ran over. <laughs> um, but really, what shines here, outside of Akbar sitting there and learning some stuff about when this series is actually taking place, obviously it was when Homeboy showed up. All right, C-3PO with Mr. Daniels himself doing the voice. I hope they didn't put that old man in the suit. But I kind of think they did because did you notice how he's like leaning back and looking up the whole time? It was like it's like he couldn't support the weight. He's like, fuck this. Why? No, I mean, I dude, look at this. Look at the image where he's standing next to Hera holding the data card. I mean, he's literally <laughs> like he's going to go under a fucking uh, limbo pole or something. Were they on a raised day? I don't well, know. Well, I mean, Were they yeah, on a raised kind of, but like not but, that raised. But hair is not. It's not like you yeah. have to look fucking straight up into the air. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, but listen, it was a great fucking moment, and you know why? Because it was it was the perfect way to incorporate Leia without doing the the wonky shit and and you know the yeah. the, the CG. I honestly think that's why C three PO was used. It's like, hey, let, let's get away from that shit. We can still channel the essence of the character as he did perfectly, uh, relaying Senator Organa's messages to Ziono. So it, it was fantastic to see him show up. I definitely, I, I would, I would assume a lot of you older fans, you OTers, there's something Pavlonian about the original characters. Uh, but when he showed up, and I'm not even a huge Threepio guy. When he showed up, I, I got that that little flitter flutter in my soul, like oh, oh, comfortable Star Wars. No, my little kid boy Matt Star Wars, and and that was a great feeling. But but getting the stuff about Leo just kicked ass, and and how she donkey stomped Ziono, like you little bitch. I'm the head of the Defense Council. <laughs> Suck my tits. It, that that's Leia, okay. And then obviously. Mothma gets the real story afterwards. I, I'm still sticking with my call that Mothma is useless at this point in time because, you know, she still wanted to yell at Hera like, wow, well, did, did she really? Well, yeah, after the facts, why the fuck do you care? Because we're, we're figuring shit out. We're getting shit done. Go fuck yourself. So I, I really enjoyed this scene, even though it was poli you know, political. But as I said in my review, check it out on YouTube. I love... Star Wars politics just as much as the mysticism and the action. It's yeah. it's right up there. I love this type you, of shit. It's just crazy to me because like we saw Ziona, like Ziona was one of the, you know, tertiary secondary characters in Resistance. And he did not seem like this much of a douche. Like this they really turned this dude into yeah, just like well, a hardcore asshole. <laughs> like, I, I think you're right. I mean, he barely is in the show. And even when he is, he's still kind of yelling at Kaz. But I think they, they, um, Kaz talks about how him and his dad or his dad was kind of a douche. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it was established in Resistance that uh, Ziono wasn't the most lovable type of person. Yeah. But you are, I mean, it, they, they lean hard into making you want to kill this guy. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you're like, man, the, the New Republic should fail just because this dude is clueless. Right. Like this dude is just is just so like he is so simultaneously uninformed and wrong. On and the arrogance, he says. right? I mean, yeah. he 
This motherfucker seems more arrogant than a senator during the rise of the empire. Like, I mean, yeah. he's just a fucking scumbag. He's like, <laughs> I'm Senator Ziono, blah, blah, blah. Whatever I say is the best. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, it's like <laughs> I have no clue what I'm talking about, but I'm like, he, for lack of a better term, he's very Trump like. He has fucking no clue what he's talking about, <laughs> but he says it so confidently. That you're like, are you okay? Like, did yeah. somebody like hit you? Like, and you that's my something? point about Mothma. I mean, she's essentially the judge here, and she just lets him pop off. Yeah, it's like, like, dude, shut him down. Aren't you? You're still something. You're the fucking chancellor, right? I mean, you got a gavel, maybe. That's enough. And and that's I think that's what made the Leia moment so great. It, through a droid, it, she has such big balls. Still within the New Republic, she sends her droid Ziono disrespects him and he lays down the smacketh it was it was fantastic I mean it was vintage fucking Leia that's exactly what Leia would do she would never ever waste her time on some bullshit like this so she sends Goldenrod her her lifelong protocol droid so so BMF he's like I feel like Ziono is an empire spy no that was the the case he's not He's not like, well, he's not. I mean, listen, Nick, I I read the stupid shit all the time. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's just remnant. I'm like, guys, you got to go watch Resistance then. Yeah. He he never was a bad guy. He's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. I mean, he makes it all the way to Resistance within the the Empire. And like towards the end of Resistance, he softens. Like he finally realizes. Yeah. After they blow the, after they blow up his home world. I mean, unfortunately for us, Ziono during the sequel trilogy is off of Hosnian prime, but that's where they lived. Yeah. It gets blowed the fuck up. And then he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Kaz, I I love you. Kaz. (laughs) Yeah. He finally realizes like, Oh wow. I was really fucking dumb this whole time. And now we can see. So like, yeah, it seems like if you haven't seen resistance, it seems like, Oh, well they're making this dude. He's going to be a fucking Imperial spy or no order first first order spy. No, he's just that fucked up. Right. Like he's just boom. Like, and that's yeah, the, that's you, the point of the Senate that I, I don't know. I don't think the Senate is going to have a bunch of Imperial spies because they're still from all of the planets where the Imperial spies are at are in the, the brain trust of the new Republic. Like the, yeah. the, the, the military, it's, 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 it's commerce side. It's yeah, everywhere. Like, it's in the important shit. The Senate, fuck the Senate. They're, yeah, they're it's not on gonna, the ground. Right. Exactly. It's on the ground. Right. Like where where everything happens on the ground, that's where the Imperial spies I, I'm are. not saying there aren't some shitty senators that are probably getting kickbacks from the remnant. But where the work is happening is, is as Nick said, it, it's out there on the streets, in the sands, in, in the cliffs, in, in, in the the ether. It, yeah. it's, it's not sitting yeah. around debating. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're getting greased. But sadly... And, and I don't fault anyone if you didn't know this guy beforehand. But yeah, Ziono is he's straight up. He's just a straight up douche. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. League. That, that's you're exactly right. League saying I get the sense through these scenes. They're showing how broken they are. They can't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly. very clear now yeah. w- within. I, I mean, what we got in Mandalorian was just the start there. We got the, the bureaucracy, all the red tape to get shit done here. We're just seeing it laid out in full. They, they, they can't fucking debate their assholes. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. In my point last week, we had a nice little clip kind of go viral when I was screaming about how the new Republic, Republic's stupid and they're sending capital ships and, and seeing some of the comments just proves my point that most Star Wars fans don't know what they're watching. 
but the New Republic is dumb, and this scene reproved it. Um, it. It's just you know what else I liked here. We got a little world building when when Tava drops the. Oh, well, what about Mandalore? So it's very clear now for the people that still think this show. And I don't think you've been here, Nick, since this revelation. There are now people that think Ahsoka is taking place after A New Hope. Okay? Oh, what? That, that's who we're dealing with as a fan base, first and foremost. Yes. How? I, I, I don't know. I it, it's, why, it's why I go nuts on this show sometimes. It, it, it makes my brain fucking hurt. Like, how are you watch Ahsoka and go, oh, yeah, this happened after Luke blew up the Death Star? It's like, what? I just... They're like, where's Darth Vader? Where's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> Anakin's, I mean, I, hey, I, Anakin's a zombie. Darth Maul's going to be a zombie. I, mean, I just, it's like, fuck me running. So just to clarify, in case you all missed it, Tiva real, literally says like, hey guys, what about fucking what happened on Mandalore? And Ziono, again, being a douche, hey, fuck it. It was just Gideon. He's gone. Who gives a shit? There, there, there's no organization. But for us, us goofballs, fanboys, fangirls that want to know all the nitty gritty. Um, this show, at least this part of the show, is taking place after Mandalorian season three. Okay, yes. so that that was a nice little lore build, world build there. My first top moment, second top moment, Nick. We we briefly touched on it here, uh, but I dug the I dug what what I think is Ahsoka and Sabine's first true connection through the Force. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it was a, it was a huge moment, e- even if it didn't stand out in your mind to me within the world, within this series. That was a big time moment, because up until now, we've been told and we've seen that Sabine doesn't have a connection to the force. She can't use yeah. it to move shit. She can't have visions. She can't, you know, hear through it. But now, finally, that Ahsoka has reached her final form, she is free of her bullshit it's like that has helped her help Sabine connect. So when they connected from space to ground, that was huge. And, and I think that's only going to be, you know, played up obviously in the finale. And, and please give us a season two because we need it. We are going like to. It's so clear now, my friends, that this series was meant for more than one season. It's, it's not even close. Not even close. Because if you just leave it here, if he gets away... What do you do now? Mandalorian becomes let's just fight Thrawn. That's not going to happen. They 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 need to start slowly building to the epic, epic battle. But I, I really appreciate this moment, even though it, it did kind of get Ahsoka ratted out, and she got a nice little orbitable uh, orbitable bar- bombardment. I can't speak today, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, but like I said, big time because they they connected. Even Ezra could sense it, and clearly. He is the second coming of Chirrut Imwi at this point in time, right? I mean, he literally says, yeah. the Force is my ally. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, yeah! yeah! He has fully channeled the Space Moses. He's got his reds on. We just need his hair to turn white and to part some motherfucking seas. You know what I mean? <laughs> so right. He right, yeah. No, I mean, they, they've done a really good job of, like, of progressing his character in a way that makes sense where he was. Because it's like, if you're there and you're there for as long as he's been there, you don't have anything else to train, but your mind and, but right. your force ability and your connection to the force. And what's really interesting is, is that like now we have now established that the force is an extra galactic 
force. Like we're, we're outside of the standard Star Wars galaxy. So the force exists beyond that galaxy. It was very possible that like you end up on that galaxy and then like the force just is either exists differently or doesn't exist at all. But now it's confirmed that the force exists in the same way it does in the standard Star Wars galaxy. I mean, dude, this could be the birthplace of the force, the way Balin's acting. You know what I mean? The beginning. Uh, Yeah, it could be. The beginning. It it keeps fucking me up. The beginning of what? I also like one of the other things that I thought was cool was, um, was what's goddamn? We just said, uh, what's the droid's name? Fuck. I forgot. Yang. Who Yang's like when he was talking to Ahsoka when they're coming in and he's like, well, how do you know we're even going to be close to him? How do you know that we're going to be like, we're going to be in a completely different galaxy. How We may right, not yeah, even be in the same place. Uh, he had all the same thoughts that we did leading up <laughs> to the, to the other episode. Cause he's like, we're going to a different galaxy. There's going to be multiple planets. And he's like, and then realistic. And then he lands. He's like, well, I guess we are here. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guess we, yeah, now, we yeah. Well, once right they, they landed right into a minefield. And, and you know what? I, I will yeah. say this, call me a softie. I'm glad the mines weren't just systematically exploding per gills. I'm glad they just were kind of like little bee stings. And after a while, they're like, all right, fuck you. We got you here. Good luck. And they all shoot out. I was fully expecting as soon as, you know, once you hear the bombs going to just see whales fucking exploding from, you know, Thrawn's chimera shooting his orbital guns up into the sky. But no, luckily it it was just, you know, little mosquito bites and they, they got the fuck out. I like yeah. this. This is why I like B-Mad. And Nick, you'll, you'll, you'll get this too. He says, my cat is actually named Kazuda because he's a klutz. Yeah. So that, you, that you, you know B-Mad, the... watch Resistance. And, and, yeah. and I've said this before. I became a huge fan of Kaz because of how unique he was as a Star Wars hero because he was such a klutzy fuck up. Yeah. Like he, he was not your traditional Star Wars hero where they got their shit together. He, he kind of stumbled into victory through two seasons and, and I was a fan of that. So yeah. Good yeah, job. Be mad on, on the cat name. That's, that's very, very well on point. All right. Uh, next top moment is essentially the last third of the episode because that was the Balin Ahsoka version two. And then, you know, the, 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 the triumvirate square off with the, with the turtle rock motherfuckers and, and the Tuscan samurai. I mean, starting with, with Balin and Ahsoka, and we, we've pretty much talked about their interactions, so not much to go into. Once again, just shot beautifully. I love this scene I have here pulled up on the live stream right now where Balin is in his pose with one arm back and Ahsoka is almost getting into fucking what Danny's crane, right? From the Karate Kid here, yeah, with, got with the leg kicked up. Oh too. yeah, with, with, with her <laughs> sabers out. I mean, again, these fights are just some of the best of the franchise. But you know, something new that we haven't seen, and we we're expecting based on some leaks, is we we got to see Ezra in action again, Sabine in action again, and you notice Sabine mixing it up a bit, using the Mandalorian skills, using the saber. Uh, I I loved the the opening scene where the image I have on the screen now, if you're on the live stream. That look Iman is is giving Natasha when she's handing, you know, Sabine's trying to give him Ezra his lightsaber back. And he's like, no, I gave that to you. I'm good. I don't need it anymore. And she's like, what? what? Are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm good. I don't need it anymore. The force is my ally. And I, I don't know. I just, 
I felt like his force foo could have been a little more powerful. I don't know about just, you, Nick. I, pu- I push you against this thing. And yeah, and, and, and yeah. like some of it, they didn't show up, but you could tell like when he'd get up close and like slap a dude, he was like fucking force jacking into their stomach, probably yeah. breaking ribs and shit, going X-ray Mortal Kombat style. Yeah, but, but visually, th- yeah, we, we should have got more than just one dude getting flung or him stopping a lightsaber. I, I would have liked to see a few more kind of yeah. like quick power type of throws. Maybe he's saving that for like, cause like realistically he, they threw cannon fodder at them. Like yeah. they got stormtroopers and then fucking Tuscan Raiders thrown at them. And the Shin Tuscan did Raiders didn't haircut, even have, right. Yeah, he, he wasn't Shin, paying attention and almost lopped the top of his, like a yeah. true scalping. Yeah. Like got, got some of the hair, but yeah, like you, he got, thrown like a bunch of like Tuscan Raiders without guns. And then the one apprentice who is so mind fucked that she has no idea what she should be doing. Uh, I want to see like, I, I mean, I, we have to see if they're going to keep him around this long, but like, I would really like to see how he functions in a galaxy where like, there's like actual like threat to him because in this fight, there was no threat. Like it, it just, there was just nobody that was even close to being able to like give him a run for his money for lack of a better term. Like I, um, I have a feeling we're going to see this dude with a lightsaber before this season ends. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. Star Wars rebels Thrawn's office. Did he not have a lightsaber in his collection? Yeah. I'm almost positive. He does. I think he did because it wasn't it one of the lightsabers from the temple guards. Right. And I know some people are trying to say it's Kanan's, but I, I've actually gone back and researched this. And I'm pretty sure that what's her name? Is it Price? The the, the female yeah. that was on Lothal? Yeah, that was the governor. I'm pretty yeah. sure she's seen holding it after Kanan's death on Hollow, not actually delivering it to Thrawn. Now, obviously, if it is Kanan's saber, that's going to be a narrative fucking gem. Yeah. But don't be surprised if we don't see this dude whip out a lightsaber before before that episode next week is over. Yeah. Because I, I, I like I said, I really think they're they're gonna have to sneak their way on to get out. And and what what is laying around them right now? A bunch of stormtrooper armor. Okay? What 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 have we seen good guys do before that's gonna upset Nick? <laughs> they they're going to put the armor on and potentially sneak on that. I really think this is where we're going. And I could see him potentially reclaiming that, that lightsaber. I hope. Yeah, it could be, it could be for sure. If it is Kanan's, then it would definitely that, be I mean, a yeah, huge, right. I mean, like, that would be moment. fucking like, t- I, you know, tickle my tits. Let's go. I, I didn't think it was Kanan's either. That was in rebels, but I could be wrong because, and, like, and, you know, Dave could retcon it. Cause I'm pretty yeah. sure, like I said, if, if you go back and watch rebels, when he passes, she is on ho- hollow holding it. We never truly see her handed over to Thrawn and him collect, but I think he already had one in his collection behind him. So, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, like he was, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he is going to be now, but like he was a, a collector of, oh, of course, you know, right. antiquities, rare items, stuff like that. So it was, it wouldn't be a surprise. Cause like light realistically for, if you're a fucking Imperial grand Admiral lightsabers, aren't that hard to come across. Like you could, you could probably get one pretty easily, especially for a person who is heavily invested into antiquities and oh, history yeah, yeah. and the meaning of history and all that. So, Hey, do you think Thrawn and Luthen ever hooked up? 
back in the Dude, day. That would <laughs> it would make right? sense at, at sure. Luthen's antiquity shop. Oh, one hundred percent. Like yeah. if he if he like that cover and knowing Thrawn and his like his you know tendencies and stuff like that. He he was definitely a a a uh, a patron of that you know show. Tony would never do it, but how cool no. would it be to just see the blue guy walk in in season two and be like, oh yeah, hey, I'm interested in that, that, and this, that, and, and mean, he's the one that figures out that Luthen's the guy. <laughs> that would be great. It, it would, it would never happen, but man, yeah. that would be cool. It, it would be that cool would. just to see him shopping in the antiquities, knowing what we know. Because I think if Thrawn was written like Luthen, Nick would be smiling right now. Is that a fair statement? I think so. Or, is, I mean, or do you feel like Luthen's plans are too easily guessable? I think that Luthen is a better, like a better written version of what this Thrawn is okay. because he's definitely like one step he's ahead. more savvy. He's, he's definitely more one step ahead and he is, he's more root, like as fucked up as it sounds like Luthen is more ruthless. Like Luthen is not like Luthen's not letting somebody out of jail for no reason to just no. be like, go frolic with your friends. Like, well, Luthen, I mean, he, he knowingly sacrifices freedom fighters where Thrawn yeah. is sacrificing people that signed up to be in an army. Yeah. Like it's, it's completely different in my mind, right? Like you're, yeah, exactly. Like th- this, like Luthen is definitely a, a bit more Thrawn like than, than how okay. they've written. I, Thrawn I, so that far just came to me. I was like, you know yeah, what? I think Luthen, sure is more of what Nick would want in a Thrawn, but a bad guy. Calculated. Right. Just like calculated well, he, 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 ruthlessness. He gets to cheat, though, because he's a good guy, Nick. So he's allowed yeah, he He's he, allowed to be smart. He can be smart. See, he's allowed for, to be it's smart. for the cause of the, bad, or of the good guys. <laughs> if you're a bad guy, oh, I love the it. intelligence is, is hard to grasp. Hey, but like uh, but he no, said, yeah, Thrawn, right. Thrawn showed us his little his little recording of loading up the caskets, and it, that little progress meter is almost done. So time yeah. is on his side, my friends. Time is on his <laughs> side, or at least he thinks. He does keep saying, like, I, I do think the Balin thing worries him, even though he'll never specifically say it. And kind of like B-Mad said earlier, I also enjoyed when he learned that Ahsoka was tied to... Skywalker it was like oh fuck okay all right I just yeah right, <laughs> that's another right. thing that's another one where it's like how do you not know that like how do you how do you not know that when you like uh, yeah I don't know it's just one of those <laughs> things where it's like I have to throw throw right. out the expectations that like he is even a remotely similar version to what he was written in the books because there's <laughs> there is a there is a zero percent chance that that he would not know that ahsoka tano is is anakin skywalker's fucking apprentice like zero well, they i mean him and anakin did they link up during the clone wars in these new books yeah. right okay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they were they had a whole fucking mission together well, I, on you know, I, I guess you could argue uh, maybe it was before he took on the apprentice right i mean he was like, in the clone wars for a little bit that's uh. where like I I like you're really good at being like, well, I guess you could think of it this way. And I'm like, no, you cannot. <laughs> like there there you can't. If if it's Thrawn, what, you what can't if, think what of if him and Anakin a, never shot the shit and talked about their their you know their subordinates? <laughs> what if they just talked, you know, strategy and tactics? Uh, hey, you never just, know. You never know what they discussed on the bridge of whatever destroyer they were on. 
Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, like I said, really the the whole last thirty episode I enjoyed uh, the the obviously the reintroduction of the the three characters from Rebels when we get the you know Ahsoka finally shows up and is like hey and, and does anyone else just I know I said this before but Ahsoka just feels so fucking loose and free now. It's almost like she's having a good time knowing that the galaxy may get destroyed. And I dig that because you can tell she is so fucking clear and free of all the bullshit that has been holding her back since Order... Well, really since in Star Wars Rebels when she put two and two together and realized that Darth Vader was indeed her former master. Um, Yeah. Yeah, League, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think that was brought up. And, and like I said, I'm pretty sure Ahsoka kind of dips out of Rebels for the most part over season three and four. Like I, like she might come in and out here or there. But even remember, I mean, Homeboy ends up becoming the next Fulcrum. So Ahsoka, after she saved, well, even after yeah, her this. battle with Vader, she, she kind of disappears for a while. Yeah. So I, but, I, um, Thrawn wasn't really engaged with her in Rebels from from my yeah. memory. Thrawn, Thrawn knew about, I mean, well, I mean, here's the thing is like, I think it's just, I mean, we're in TV mode. So like, if you don't see it on screen, then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's mm-hmm. realistically the, mm-hmm. the, the, the area that we're functioning in. Thrawn knew that Anakin was, uh, Vader immediately before anybody else openly knew about it. And that was in the books. Like, I don't know if, if Kung Fu still here, but like, the way that they wrote one of those books is it's, it's a split between them working as Thrawn and Anakin together on Batu and then coming back together on Batu as Thrawn and Vader. And this is early. This is super early. And, and Thrawn intuitively without the force can tell that Vader is Anakin. Like he's like, I, in, in, in the books explicitly says you're like, I, like, I don't know. I don't remember if he told him, but in his mind, he's like, this is Anakin Skywalker. Very interesting. So, and, and you just have to understand the character of Thrawn to know that Thrawn, Thrawn knows that Ahsoka is his apprentice. Like it's like, I know that it's not like it's not like a TV thing where it's like he walks up to the screen into the camera and says, I know that Ahsoka Tano is Anakin's apprentice. Like, it's not going to be like that. You have to understand the character to understand how he thinks and the depth of his knowledge on everybody that he knows. We also got to take in the casual factor, too. Right. I mean, we, oh, that's we, what we I'm talked saying. about like this even before Thrawn showed up. Some stuff is going to be much more generalized for a, a general audience and, and that's where we're at i mean that, that, come on that's just it, we, we can't get into the 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 nuanced material that a book would ever get into yeah. so i mean but it's also like just unbelievably like short-sighted to think that a grand admiral of the of the empire would not know about one of the one of the most powerful most prominent surviving jedi in the galaxy that is also knowingly working with the rebellion like regardless of whether they've crossed paths, like it, it's it's ridiculous to assume that a grand, like any fucking grand admiral of of the rebellion, much less the best one, would not know about Ahsoka. Like well, especially, she, she disapp- I mean, again, I'm I'm not arguing. I'm just I'm playing devil devil's advocate here. I mean, 
you got to think about it. Ahsoka left the order probably when she was 16. I mean, she still was a Padawan, not really. Yeah, I guess she did some some shit around the galaxy, but she never was a fully formed Jedi. Probably wasn't coming. I mean, Padawans, how, how much do Padawans come up on a radar, radar versus a general? I, I don't know. Like, like in the end, this is a type of shit to me where I'm like, who cares if he didn't know her or not? Like, I, it just doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. And and I think it's I mean, a blessing, honestly, to not. No, it really is because it's like you, you don't have expectations, the under, like the understanding of the character. And then like when shit is just like, when shit is like right. that, you, you're not like, well, yeah, that's it, fucking like stupid. I said, I mean, to me, he is rebels Thrawn. I, I don't see any difference. I mean, he, he talks a big game, but in the end, because he is so confident, the little shit gets him. He, 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 he always misses that stuff. Where it sounds like in the books that that is unthinkable, and and I I I I, I believe you all, but from what I know about the guy, I think he's he's being portrayed just as we saw him in the other TV show that featured him. I, I have this shot up here, Nick. It was kind of at the end. It was the end shot, and this is why I think that it, we're we're in for some doom and gloom for the good guys in in the finale. You know, it's like everything's good. They want a little victory. They're all together again. You know, it's almost like the the end of a typical Star Wars movie. But the fact that it happened in the penultimate means that things can only go downhill from here. So I guess when it comes down to it, is there anything that can redeem this Thrawn? Like him even making it back to the galaxy, that, that doesn't matter to you because you, you know that the good guys are going to follow right like that that's not that's still not a win even though they lost in preventing him from returning they didn't they didn't i mean here's my biggest issue i said since the beginning they didn't earn the win they didn't nurse they didn't earn anything like he gave them everything so like the like he lost from the second that he let sabine out gave him the lightsaber said that I'm going to like from the beginning he 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 Well lost. I guess my point Ern was bad. The fact that Thrawn, a guy banished by the good guys gets back to where he was banished is that not a victory? I mean even if the, even if two good guys make it back with him. I I, mean, I, I would consider that a big that the win. The show can continue. Uh, well <laughs> so, yeah, we know this yeah, but but yeah. Look, look, come on, play with me a little He's, bit. The fact that the guy was banished to a galaxy had no way home. And, and through his whatever networking abilities, you know, he's, he's quite a personable guy, clearly. He does make it back to the known galaxy where he, everyone that is actually caring about protecting the New Republic is like, if Thrawn makes it back, we're all fucking dead. So to me, again, from a general point of view, if he makes it out, he won. Whether yeah, I mean- good guys survive or not. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a short-sighted victory for sure. So like in that in that respect it's it's definitely a win. Like he he gets back to his home planet where he's going to like be able to enact whatever yeah, plan it, it, he has. It definitely sounds like he wants to kick the shit out of people. I know we were like, hey, I wonder what he's going to do when he gets back." But no, he's like I mean his first line is like, "Oh, what was once a you know, essentially the nightmare of our foes is now a reality." So, yeah, I mean, I mean like he, they, we're, he's hell bent to fuck shit up. I think. Yeah, I mean, like we're we're not even like I'm I'm just gonna like I just have to pretend that like storylines that are canon in, in in the books now like just don't even matter to this character anymore. 
because like realistically if we want to talk about like what what like the character would do it's not even fucking close to what's happening right now but like so i just like we just have to let that go right. but like it's a, it's a it's a win for him for sure like he gets back to the galaxy he has whatever right. it is that I, I he has i just wanted to see if thing. there if you would consider any level of victory for him uh, i mean yeah that's a, that's a win right. that's a win for sure like you know chalk it up master tactician right he's a yeah fool. like if <laughs> like if we want if we want to talk about like in your mind the, 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 the real thrawn victory would be good guys murdered he gets the fuck out right like that's what no, that's what I mean, should like, happen murdered or whatever like taken off the board make them make work make them work <laughs> like make them work yeah like okay. what what work have they had to do so far like Sabine had to take like what 45 minute hour ride on this thing and then find her best friend with his lightsaber and all of his power. And then Ahsoka gets there with the space whales. And then he essentially says like, Oh, we chased her for what? 15 minutes in space. Let her go. Like, we'll just shoot some space bombs at her. And then surely that'll take care of it. Right. Cause that always does in star Wars. You shoot some space bombs at people and they're dead. 100% taken care of. Uh, we're going to have those people, like those two people that I don't know, the one who was a Jedi, who I said that is not trustworthy. And then that other girl who doesn't know the shit she's doing, they'll take care of the, the, the entire crop of good guys. Easy. No problem. Uh, but you like send, it. He, send, he, he can always change though. He's like, Hey, you know what? That's okay. They're still wasting time. That's fine. We're, we're moving he, along. He could, he could turn it around like he th there could be like once he gets back into the galaxy like maybe he's got some like long tail thrawn shit shut up set up over there and like he just and and like that's when like he starts becoming thrawn again well, but we up know, until we, this point at, at this point nick do you since it's been confirmed that he's been able to communicate across galaxy has he also been feeding shit to pelion then I really fucking hope so. Okay. All right. All right. I really fucking hope so. I hope that his plan is not jump back in and then just really hope that all of the Imperial remnant notices that I'm back and, and runs to me because at this point, there's one thing we know for sure. Even the rest of the Imperial remnant generals or commanders or warlord, whatever the fuck you want to call them, the only one of them really believes that Thrawn's coming back. All the rest of them are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like Thrawn's been got like in Mandalorian. Like we saw that, that like Pelion's talking about this. And then everybody's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Thrawn. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll fucking hold our breath about Thrawn. Cause like, didn't he, I mean, didn't, didn't Pelion almost allude to the fact that like, yeah, we, we believe Thrawn is almost ready to return. So I, I am starting to think that he might be getting, uh, he also might be getting some of that. However, they, the great mothers yeah, are able to it's like, send those. I, like, commands. I don't know if it's like a, if it's a communication chain between like Thrawn to Morgan, Morgan to Pelion, like it could work that way where it's like, she's feeding info to Pelion. Um, and, that's like it, you know, like that's how he's getting his info. Or if, if, you know, Thrawn told the, the great mothers like, yeah, like send a text message to, uh, to Morgan and then also just shoot a text message to Pelion to keep him updated. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that would make sense. Like, all right, when I get back here, here's what we're going to do. Keep, keep me, tell me about what the new Republic's been up to. All right. X, Y, Z. He's going to get his board out, gets his X's and O's. 
as soon as I show up in my fucking eye of Scion, we're doing a pincer movement on these motherfuckers right over Coruscant. Bah, 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 like that. Something like that, right? Yeah. That, like, well, that would yeah, be we, the Thrawn? Like, we have to see, because, like, if... At least as far as, as I would think, it's like when you get back in, then you have instant stuff ready to go. Like you have, you have communication going with whoever you're in communication with over in the current galaxy, Pelion, and whoever's on Pelion's side and whoever Pelion is directing to like be ready. Like they're in hyperspace. They're fucking an hour out. They're five minutes out. Like it should be a fully coordinated response as soon as he jumps out of hyperspace is what I would expect. Um, but up to this point, like, I don't like, I just don't know how they're going to play it out. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that. All right. So kind of continuing on here, I guess I'll move into my references stuff. I, I, we've, we've been kicking this episode pretty hard. I like it. I like it. I like it. That's right. The general grievous draw, 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 draw. That's how I am. I'm, oh, I'm like, one, one, I'm like one of these brain wanna, dead night troopers. <laughs> one more thing I want to bring up before we, we kick it off. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Somebody else builds an army for you. They, they, you are in complete control of the army. To your knowledge, at least as far as you know, right? They all got the same armor on. They're all, all for the Republic. Yeah, for Thrawn. Yeah. But then the guy who actually built it or the people who actually built it have complete control over the army and you have no idea. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Just me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, I don't know. I, <laughs> I still think the great mothers in my mind, Nick, they just want to rebuild. You know? Or you, or you think they're going to turn. You, you don't think that they have any desire at galactic conquest to the place that they were exiled from? No, no. Hear me out because in the end, if you remember Dathomir in our galaxy, it was not a warring planet. It, it wasn't nothing to do with, with the Clone Wars, none of that. They actually got genocided by Grievous and Dooku after they helped uh, Savage and, and Maul kind of fuck with the, the Sith a little bit. But they weren't actively fighting. So their planet essentially got wiped out in the known galaxy. I've always I've been looking at this now as the great mothers. I think they're loading up caskets. I think they, they want to go back to Dathomir, get away from Peridia and the freaky power source that's scaring them and and start again. I I don't think they're wanting to get back to the known galaxy to conquer like Thrawn. That that's just me. I don't know. I mean like that would be a very, I, that would be like a very mellow way for them to enter back in. It's like, look, man, we're just looking for a taxi ride. What, what, so what do you think? What do you think's in the caskets? I, I mean, mean, it's, 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 it's dead fucking night sister shit. Right. For sure. So like, do it's, you it's think, all like, do you think they are to be reanimated as warriors or like a, a true night sister zombie, which we know is a thing and they're fucking crazy or is it like I said, are, are they just bringing these other sisters back? to resurrect them on Dathomir to get away from this wasteland that is their original home planet. I, I guess it's just like, to me, then the question is like, is it really that important to be on fucking Dathomir? Because like, realistically, Dathomir is a fucking shithole wasteland too. Like, there's no, 
like, what's the difference? Like if, if all you're looking to do is rebuild your society, that, that's, that's why I'm, that's why I want to know what this fucking power is. That, that's what yeah. I, I, I'm telling you. This power is what is, has been driving the Knights, the Dath O'Meerians off this planet for centuries or it, it to, to the point where they've, they've, they've kept themselves in their catacombs in a form of stasis so they don't have to deal with whatever is there. Have they, have they even mentioned this power yet? Like, have they brought up, like, I don't know if I've just like missed the, the dialogue parts. Have the, have the great mothers, grandmothers, granddaughters, Balin, Balin, mentioned it at all? Balin is the only one that's mentioned the power, but the way they talk and the way Thrawn talks, it's, it's clear that they've been wanting to get the fuck out. Yeah, and, and like that's where I'm confused because I would think that like if 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 it is this power that they want to get away from, then they would have mentioned it in some way or like they would have brought it up at some point and it wouldn't have only been Balin to bring it up or like they would have told they they could tell that like Balin is here seeking this power, he cannot be trusted. Something. Well, like, th- there's they, also a theory when they sniffed out the Jedi that they were actually, it was his scent and it not, was talking about, not Sabine yeah. necessarily. Then you would, God, man, if that's the case, then they got to fucking speak up because <laughs> like re- realistically, if that's the case, then why did they put their own thing around her? Like they were the one, I smell Jedi I, I, I know, and I they're know, the know, ones that captured Sabine. <laughs> So if that's the case, did they get confused and have bad eyesight? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> or, like, or Balin's just that good. And he, he was, you know, yeah, like, like forced like, to flex. He's like, bang, like, Yeah, he's bing. like farting <laughs> the fucking Jedi sent over to Sabine. Right, like, yeah. I don't know. He, he went, and, and a little yeah, cloud it's like, floated over around her. And yeah, she's like, and hey, it's what like, the oh, fuck? it's the Jedi smell. Like, <laughs> I, th- I like that's it. the only thing that gets me is like, if, I guess it could be the power. Or, because if it's me... Clearly, this world is livable, right? Like, yeah, it's a they, shithole, but, on this world. but you have breathable atmosphere at least. Yeah, <laughs> oh. and you got water and you got food. Somehow you're surviving. Somehow Ezra survived, yeah. like out in the wilds, away from this town, like the the stronghold and everything else. Like, why not rebuild here? Because honestly, like, I don't know if, like, obviously, having an ancestral home is important. You want to get back to your ancestral home, but like, well, well, why Nick, not Dathomir? Peridia is their ancestral home. Dathomir is where they learned, you know, remember from episode six. Uh, yeah. The, the Night Sisters, the Dathomirian, fuck these words. The Dathomirian mm. Night Sisters were the first race to learn how to use the whales to travel between galaxies. That's yeah. why I've been asking, okay, then why? Why did they come to our galaxy and settle a planet and call it Dathomir? Why did they feel that they had to, to leave? Because it's clear most of that civilization has left or died. So why? Yeah, I mean, did they come to the known galaxy and settle Dathomir as a, a shield against this power in the future in case it figured out how to transfer galaxies or were they just explorers that that's yeah that's the I mean, it, it all hinges on Balin that's what I mean and we're gonna get fucked on this I know we are yeah I mean I just I I don't understand it's got to be this power or whatever but any like it just seems weird that they've never mentioned it and the only person that's ever brought it up is Balin and then also so Apollo apes asking rebuild with what infrastructure dark magic Dude, (laughs) it's infrastructure is not on a planet when you get there. You have to build infrastructure. Like 
Do you think that Earth had infrastructure when it was unsettled by humans? Maybe no, they meant, it was maybe they meant resources, <laughs> you know. Like, but there's enough resources for these crab people to build cars. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? There's no like. There has to be resources, but it because also, people are I surviving mean, and living on it. You have to admit, Peridia looks like a destroyed world, right? I mean, there's lots of monuments oh. that are toppled. It looks like a wasteland, just like, I mean, that's why Shin in episode six, she's like, hey, bro, why do we want to be here again? Uh, everyone seems to want to get the fuck out, yet we are heading away into this wasteland that you're telling yeah. me used to be a great witch kingdom. Yeah. So what I mean, happened but, to like, it? And I, I'm telling you, it's this power, but yeah, it's it's the power for sure. But it's they they definitely haven't done a great job of like connecting the the power to the like to the great great mothers grandmothers and like definitely. why they're afraid of it definitely. yet. Um, and as far as I remember, Dathomir is as fucked up as this planet is. Like, oh yeah, it, it looks it, like a, a, a like, it looks even worse than Peridia. It's Peridia but tinged red right like like it was caught on fire and then put out yeah it's I not mean, the quite only, as bernie as mustafar but it's it's pretty and shitty the, looking and that's why i'm saying like they have to have a goal outside of just like get back to a different shitty planet because if your goal is just to get back there and stay there then your only thing is like, okay, well, let's get away from this power. And that's not, they have not expressed that in any way so far. So that's why my assumption is like, get back to Dathomir and then start a conquest to, for us to spread our civilization throughout this galaxy. Because on Peridia, even if this power wasn't here, there's nowhere for us to spread, to spread influence. It is an isolated world with nothing close to it. As it has been described to us in this show, it is a planet that is at the end of a hyperspace route that goes to a different galaxy. So it's connected to the galaxy, but it's not in it. There's nowhere for you to spread influence. So that's why I'm saying like their end goal cannot just be like, get back to Dathmir and then just live, yo, like that hey, seems kind of weird. They, they, they just with their pacifists and then they need to put on magic shows for the children of the galaxy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, I'm trying to, cause like, they're not like, as of right now, like you're looking at them as like Thrawn is using them as a means to an end to get back to the galaxy. But like they, they aren't, they, they no, can't they're using each dumb. other. I, I, yeah. it's a definite, I mean, it, that's said as much in episode six. I mean, part of the deal that, they made with him was like, all right, dude, we'll, we'll give you some of our powers, allow you to communicate with this Morgan character, but you have to take us and our dead sisters or whatever the fuck they are out of the catacombs and back to the galaxy. Once you figure out your ride, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what we know at this point. Because realistically, Thrawn may seem like he's in a position of power by the way that he's talking to people. He, they, this motherfucker has no power. They here. did call him Zero. my lord. They called him my lord in episode seven. Yeah, I know. They, <laughs> people get called shit a lot, but like, what would be different? He, like, the only thing that is keeping Thrawn alive right now is the fact that Morgan Elsbeth knows how to use the Eye of Scion. Like, that's it. Like he, he has no power where he sits outside of his ability to leave. So that's why I'm saying like, once they get back into the known galaxy, wherever they want to be, why, 
Like you are under no like authority to listen to this blue fuck anymore. Like his entire army is built based off of your magic Mm -hmm. that you have control over and you surely have control over who these fucking people. That would make, that would be very interesting if they do turn on him after they make it home. But clearly that's not going to happen until they, they get what they want. I like what, what Matt Polanka is saying here. Technically, Ahsoka does take place after A New Hope, way, way. after. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's like 100%. Oh, dude, but yeah, Star I mean, Wars like, I just, like, we, well, all I'm saying is that we do not have a full picture of what these grandmothers are. And if our assumption is that, like, they're going to get back to this galaxy and they're just going to be like, thanks, Thrawn, bye, I feel like we're, we're severely being underestimating what their intentions are. Like, I don't think that their intentions are just to go like back home. Like it, it would, that would seem ridiculous. And it's just like, yeah, you can also just like keep the whole army that we built for you. Price of admission, I guess. <laughs> like, Hey man, I don't know. Thrawn is, he, he's a, he's an impressionable dude. You know, he, like I said, he's, he's got those social skills, the soft skills as we call it in it. Not only can he strategize, he knows how to deal with people. Okay. He's a people person, as we like to say. <laughs> and so, Linda brings up a good point here, and I'll, I'll try to answer it. If the mothers used the whales to travel in the past, why can't they use them again? My guess here is the whales don't, from what we learned, they only come to this planet galaxy to die at this point in time. So that, that's my best guess. They, they, they're not, it's not like CETOS where they seem to kind of hover and maybe make babies and do that type of shit. As is explained by Balin, they travel here literally to croak. So that's my best guess there, Linda. But I, I've, I've thought about that too. Like, well, couldn't you just fucking, you know, snap your fingers and get one of these bad boys to show up and take you out. But I, I think the fact that they come here to die and they made a special trip for Ahsoka. You saw what happened as soon as they dropped her off. <laughs> See ya. So that, that's yeah, my best guess. Again, nothing great, but here we are. It's, it, remember, it's, it's science fiction. It's TV. Short form. We can't get too deep. Okay. Up next here. Apollo 8, we're severely underestimating Thrawn. I, I think... Yeah, I think this dude needs to go back and listen to the beginning yeah, of the it's, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Nick um, Nick is not a fan of TV Thrawn. He's a, he's a fan of the Thrawn you're talking about, Ape, and he doesn't feel that he's getting that version in the show. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. what if, his, if, if he has a long game that actually plays out <laughs> when he gets to the new galaxy, then maybe I'll change my tune. We'll see what happens when he gets there. But he, he made another good point. Like, uh, here, I'll, I'll put it up on the screen, saying, I don't see the means and the manpower in order to rebuild a new empire. He needs to get back and reassemble all the Imperial warlords. It, and yeah, I think... I'm not talking about, like, rebuild. I wasn't he, talking, he was about talking about him rebuilding the, the Night Sisters. I was talking about the Night Sisters. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, Thrawn is... Thrawn, yeah, Thrawn's goal is to get back to the known galaxy. I don't... Obviously. I'm talking about the Night Sisters. Like, what are the Night Sisters... Like, what is their plan? Because at this point, we're just, are we supposed to believe that, like, this guy showed up and they're, they're, just, they're just like, yeah, we'll do whatever you want us to do. No strings attached. Just take 300 of our dead bodies with you, please. Yeah, like, like that's what I'm talking about. Like, of course, Thrawn, yeah, yeah, of course Thrawn's 
Paul no, Deal yeah, is that, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. He, he's going like, to get back. Like, I mean, it would be fun if it was like what I said. He just showed up and was like, just starts frying people. But he's probably going to run into Paleon and and start yeah. reforming the empire that that's why Hera is is trying to get these bozos to buy yeah, in like, exactly like, like listen people sure it's a remnant now sure they're scattered but what they don't know is something and something we know we know there is a shadow council we saw in mandalorian we know they are organized we know they're all working towards outside of gideon this this plan I mean, it's so, you know, for us, I, I know we're, we're mean to the New Republic. They don't know about the Shadow Council, but they should. All right. Yeah. If they're hearing things, they, they should just like Hera and the rest of the people that actually know what the fuck's going on. They should be a, a little bit more in the know, a little bit more cautious. And they're yeah. not. So he is going to come back and do exactly what Hera is telling everyone that they're going to do. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. Order Sister Six. I like that. Be mad. Getting multiple comments on the screen today. Good for you. Good for you. And, and here's here's one six shooter with his dad joke. It's certainly Peridia than Dethamir. <laughs> 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 Only the best comedy on the Star Wars Time Show. We love you, people. Thank you. <laughs> Um, no, Apollo 8, he's not. Uh, Ziono is actually, he's featured in Star Wars Resistance. So he actually is a, a good guy through and through. He's just a piece of shit douchebag. 100%. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he does not know. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, he never was an Imperial Mole. He never was a like a First Order lackey either. He's just a very misinformed and loud senator. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's just, just a, he's just a, he's just an angry dickhead that's yeah. never fought a battle. Probably had a silver spoon his whole life, uh, but his son ends up being a pretty good, unique type of Star Wars hero. If you can watch Star Wars Resistance, which I know for some people it's like getting cancer because it's set in the sequel trilogy, it's animated, so on and so forth. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it isn't bad. Um, Ape, that this actually came from a cartoon. Star Wars Resistance is where the Ziono family is introduced. Yep. Um, okay, uh, kind of continuing on here. I think we're in the eggs and references. Holy shit, is this long? Uh, I, I'll rip through these here. There were some some decent ones uh, here. I, I'm that's Akbar, right? He was at the trial. Only only one Mon Cal wears that white foamy looking stuffy shit. Mm -hmm. uh, that that mm -hmm. that's our guy. I can tell the head spots look pretty spot on. So we got Akbar there. Um, Tava, we got the Mandalore. Uh, drop obviously C3PO nice little reference there Senator Organa uh, the Anakin hologram pretty cool we, we heard that we were going to get something about Anakin in episode 7 it came through uh, what I liked learning here Nick was that he created 20 specific lessons for his trainee and you can see how much they mean to her and I would wager this is the first time she's pulled out one of those discs in decades oh yeah uh, I mean it's 100% since the, you know, Malachor five. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it, how special it is to her. It's like, if you're a collector, you, you, you got this. I mean, she's got a nice little wooden box. You could see all the recording, the hollow discs are in there. So that, that was just, a, it was a great moment. It provides a little more insights into the relationship and, and how much he did care for her and try to teach her 
sending her these things. We learned that this was the very last recording she got. You'd have to assume, uh, I, I guess, you know, before she left the order, Nick, you think? Or do you think he was still sending her shit um, before he he fell? I don't know. Probably her leaving yeah, the order. Prob- yeah, it was probably like this is a gift, like probably near the end of their time together, right. but not after she had like left for okay. for good. Yeah, so it, it was a good little scene. But the reason we're talking about it, he he drops some great little nuggets. General Grievous, Asajj yeah. Ventress, Count Dooku. We always love to hear that shit uh, be brought up again and again by people that lived through that era there. Okay, moving down the uh, the line here. We've seen this move a few times in Star Wars. But what does our buddy Ahsoka do, Nick, when she's trying to hide from a dogfight? Oh, yeah, she, she places herself sits, on an asteroid. Yeah, sits, sits on uh, uh, an asteroid or yeah. I guess it was, was it a bone chunk? It, think, po- po- it, pro- it probably was a fossilized bone chunk now that you talk yeah. about it, even though... Science wise, I don't think shit degrades in space, right? No, it doesn't. But <laughs> That's, hey. that was something that Spencer, oh, yeah, he, he Spencer brought, that brought up. up in, He's like, hey, in shit, man, there'd be like dead like, fucking bodies everywhere. It's like, all right, dude, it's, yeah. it's Star Wars. Maybe science isn't quite the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, it's the same move that we we saw Obi Wan technically did first. If we're in the Star Wars timeline, Han did it. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't didn't we see? Uh, I don't know if Boba or someone. Or I think Mando's. Yeah, Mando did it. So it's kind of a move now. We can just call it the Kenobi because he's the one that initially originated yep, it. For sure. Yeah. We're, we got to give our man Jesus Land, credit. turn off all the lights. Yep. Kill, kill <laughs> yeah. the sensors and don't use the force because the great mothers have their triangle of death out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the talk between, I, I enjoyed this, that when uh, Ezra and Sabine were catching up and she was lightly filling in the gaps of the, his... Like, I think it is a full 15 years at this point in time that he's been gone. So he learns yeah. about the Empire. But more importantly, what do we get, Nick? They start laying the groundwork for somehow he has returned because yeah. even Sabine. That's, that's what we've or we yeah. heard. Or yeah, that's yeah what she says, say. well, yeah, that's what some people say. It's like, oh, yeah. no. They're, no. they're setting it up. They're starting even, to set it. Even someone they, in the know, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to think that it, it, somehow she was supporting the Battle of Endor, but no, nope, they don't even believe that Palpatine died. Because why, Nick? No body, no death. Yeah, nobody. It, it doesn't yeah, matter that the exactly. whole fucking Death Star blew up. He used his superpowers and flew away to Exegol to live another day in a clone body and have clone babies that that had sex with other people and had his clone granddaughter. And yes, that is great writing. Fuck. So I I actually sent you, I'm going to do this real quick. I sent you an, like I started reading the Darth Plagueis Legends book. It is Legends. Yes, it's not canon. But there was a line in here and I was like, I wonder if fucking JJ read this book. Because it says it's talking about. Oh yeah, but wasn't it Plagueis. counter to what JJ did? Yes, though? exactly, okay. exactly. Do it. That's lay it I, on. That's him. Lay it on. Him. So like, this is when Plagueis is seeking immortality, truth, like seeking a way to to cheat death. It says, nor did he seek to shunt his mind into the body of another, whether an apprentice, as Bane thought to have attempted, or some vat grown clone. Nothing less than immortality of his body and mind would suffice. Everlasting life. So literally, 
Darth Plagueis was like, I don't want to fucking send my mind into some clone in a vat. And that is exactly what they do in fucking Tross. Yeah, I mean, is, the, the, the way how, I read it is if you do this, it's stupid, right? Like this, yeah. Plagueis was essentially saying, if this is how I'm going to live forever, I would rather be dead, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But that is the exact thing uh, that they yeah. do. I just thought it was funny that like this book written, you know, before the script was written for Tross literally calls out and says like, this isn't the way to do it. No. <laughs> and that's how they did it. Uh, Fucking shit. I, I really, I mean, dude, the rise of Skywalker just <sighs> so bad, but <sighs> Hey, like I said, good moments here. It would be nice if she would eventually just say, Hey dude, by the way, uh, we're all fucked. Uh, all the work you did and your sacrifice, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to undo it all. Do you still like me? Right? Like, like, <laughs> are, are we going to rip this Band-Aid off? Or has Ezra become such a force hippie that it, it's not going to matter when, when he learns, like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, you know, in episode eight, hey, um, T6, guys ready? We're going, right? Let's go. You, you got the special drive and the Wayfinder. We're, we're out of here, right? And they go, ah, funny joke, guy. Uh, Sabine didn't tell you yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she actually joined with the bad guys and allowed a device to come back here that's going to allow the guy that you sacrificed your life for to return to the galaxy that you banished him from surprise he's he's gonna be he's like totally force hippie he's like well i guess it was meant to be right right it's meant to be it was faded if you wouldn't if you wouldn't have done that then there's no way that you would have gotten here to save me okay all right that's why i I was like is he he gonna go (laughs) force hippie and just be like you know what well it was faded kind of i mean ahsoka in this episode says Sabine was fated to make this bad choice because she didn't have enough time to train with me, which I guess you could argue a lot of these Boken Jedi do. I mean, Luke, same thing. What'd he yeah. do? He, he's training a little bit. He's like, hey, fuck you, Yoda. I, I'm, I'm good. I know what's up. And he almost blew it for everybody. Okay? Yeah. So you never know. You never know. All right. Um, got a few more ha's, and I think we're finally done with this, this episode breakdown, and we can, we can kind of spin our wheels on, on next week and then zip through the rest of the show here. We've confirmed that it's taking place after Mando Season 3. We talked about Balin dropping Shin and his quote, the Ragnarok theory. We got all that. Cool to see Anakin's last hollow lesson. Check. Oh, here we go. Does anyone... And obviously, Nick, I'm asking you, but anyone listening, does anyone else feel it's a bit weird that the Skywalkers don't come up at all when Sabine is recounting her her tale to Ezra, considering that they have a relationship with a Skywalker from Rebels, like literally worked with Princess Leia? Yeah, I mean, if I was Sabine... I'd be like, hey, there's a there's a, a Jedi like in you, the galaxy right, again. Like you, like that you, is like fucking amazing. Like you. <laughs> yeah, like he he took down the Empire. Like he, yeah, he, he, right. Like nothing, not even a no. Just, maybe that was like. I mean, she's like, yeah, hey, Empire defeated. Short. Battle of Endor. Yeah, sh- short version might be dead. Oh, I you're mean, not going to mention the fucking Skywalker twins that yeah. single handedly drove the rebellion to victory. Like what? Yeah. Like, 
I, maybe they'll get into like more detailed conversation around it because they, they were kind of pressed for time here, I guess. And like, it is a long hyperspace journey. It seems from <laughs> oh, Peridia they're, they're back saving to it. Cito. They're saving it for the return trip. All right. I got you. Yeah. They're like, yeah, the return journey, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> like, I, I guess like, cause that would be something that I was like, Oh my God. Like the first thing I'm telling Ezra when I get back is like, Oh my God, there's a fucking Jedi that's, that's, that's in the galaxy. Like he's, he's rebuilding. He's even more the powerful Jedi than order. you were. And I thought you were pretty damn special. Yeah, yeah, it's just like I don't I, know, it's I weird. Yeah, but I do like that they've been classified now as as Boken Jedi. I love that. So Luke, yeah. Luke's Boken, yeah. Leia's Boken, Ray's Boken. Uh, I mean, technically, anybody after the right. fall of exactly. the Republic yep. is Boken, mm-hmm. and I guess you could say that Kylo was not because he was trained under the guise. I, I, yeah, of I would a temple, I would buy into that right? because then yeah they they were back under a a temple structure. So I I, yeah. I agree with you for sure. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's um let's kind of sooth say a little bit. What 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 do you think's going down for the finale here? I know we we we've kind of laid out the four potential narrative paths. So we got the Balin Shin camp, the good guy camp and the bad guys. How, how does, how do yeah. things play out next week to, to bring this first season to a close? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that now that it's, I mean, the only thing that is kind of a, um, a question mark for the heroes at this point, is like Thrawn saw his dudes lose. Like he saw him, he was like, we're, we're short of mercenary. They literally watched the battle play out on the fucking hollow. So he knows they lose. So he has to have some sort of contingency for them getting onto his ship. Enoch, maybe do do we get to see Enoch in action? Is that his wild card? Yeah. It's like, maybe he's like, he just tell, cause at this point, like Enoch is not really a being of his own will. Like Enoch can't be like. I don't want to stay here and make sure these people don't get on your ship. He's going to do it. So like maybe his answer is like, okay, well I leave Enoch and my guy, like my best squadron here to deal with the approaching heroes as they come back from their victory. So like that should throw off any attempt to just like fucking, you know, Han and Luke on the Death Star in in A New Hope just like dress up and walk in <laughs> because they know like hopefully because he knows that they that there's stormtrooper armor there that they can just put on so there has to be some sort of fight for them to at least to even attempt to infiltrate the ship yeah okay so there's a battle between the good guys and, and Enoch and some of his remaining, like whatever troops he wants to leave. I'm all about that. I'm all on Peridia. That battle is obviously going to end in either all or some of our heroes alive and getting on that ship regardless. Okay. Um, and do from there, I'll let you finish. Yeah. Like, so like that's our hero angle. Thrawn obviously is going to be able to make the hyperspace or like get the ship to the, the eye of Scion. And then the, the big quite like realistically the, the, the good guys don't have a way to really fuck with the eye of Scion unless like they take, you know, Ahsoka is in her ship and then she just goes and like starts shooting it and like maybe takes out one of the hyperspace engines. 
But if that's the case, then our whole show is going to end with our with everybody stranded, one, either on Peridia or two, in the middle of right. a hyperspace route with no way to get back. Yeah, which ain't going to so, happen. So. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. So he's getting back. And he's going to have some good guys in tow. Um, it's So, like, that's Thrawn. Thrawn's angle is very, like, straightforward from here in my Does Does Thrawn directly tussle with any of the three? I don't think so. I think at this point he's just, like, just throws fodder he's, at him. Yeah, like the way that he's acted so far and like the way that he's been so single-mindedly focused, I don't think that he tries to get his hands dirty. He also knows that like he is he, ain't he has aged multiple force users. He's not yeah. that stupid. No, I mean like, you know, in the initial fight with like, you know, when he was younger 15 years ago, he's like I I I'll take this dude. Like I'll fight him. See what happens. Like now I think he knows that his skills have degraded to a point to where he just can't go hand to hand with people anymore. So I, I don't, I think that he just leaves it to lackeys like this, like this Thrawn is just like, just fucking do we send send the cannon. Does Enoch make it through this battle? He died. Do we, does, is there a reveal or is he just Enoch? Do you think there's any, I'm not saying he's going to be like, Oh, it's that character. But is, I, I, I feel like he's more than just, one of Thrawn's old stormtroopers. It, it was almost like he's from this galaxy, the planet. Why did he choose this face mask instead of just a traditional reforged trooper helmet? Like, it, 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 do, you, yeah. do you feel like there's any anything more to Enoch than just being a lackey? I don't know. It's like at this point, I don't want to read too far into it because we did this whole fucking thing with Merrick and Merrick was just a fucking dude. Like... Merrick was a note was literally a throwaway. That, that's but like he was okay, in so, all so does, of the shit. Does Enoch go the the way of of Maroc then? I, I think so. Okay. I think all he's right. just like he's just like the he's just like the general guy. Got like it, he's yeah. just like the leader of his Cap, forces. Good old Captain Enoch. Yeah, because like I don't know who else, like I don't I can't even imagine who he would be. Like because it's Callus didn't jump with him. No, yeah, so no, no. Not that, that, I, I, I'm not saying I don't think it's going to be a huzzah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think. I guess what I'm trying to say is the reveal would be like, oh fuck, like Jesus. Yeah. That's that's Enoch. Like shit, he's a fucking monster, or he's a zombie. Yeah. He's dead. I mean, whatever. So I think he's just like he's just the leader of okay. his forces. All right. Um. So. I don't think Thrawn tries to fuck around with the heroes. I think he sends like, he's like, I'm sending my best guy to go deal with them. Cause he's like single-mindedly like finish loading up these coffins and then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he shall go um, into the West and remain Enoch. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> good, good shit. Uh, one six is on fire yeah no i mean one, dude he you two should do the next episode because i think you would literally just fucking light ahsoka it, on fire It'd be hilarious. Like we should have like we should have an episode where it's like me me ryan aka kung fu and then one six just sit down and be like this is what book thrawn what done. I, I don't even think one six a book guy he just he thinks the show in general is poorly no. written and shitty so. oh yeah yeah i don't I, yeah i don't think trevor has read the i mean maybe trevor has but i don't think he did but me and ryan could be like so this is why thrawn would have taken all of the power that he got here right and not yeah, given a fuck about really the galaxy yeah and then he would have gone back to the chiss ascendancy you should do it do a special and, episode and it tried to help this is what would thrawn really do and then you could start yeah. selling bracelets to people and we'll be yeah. rich 
Yeah. But um, so like I think that the the bad guy angle is super straightforward because so far in this in this show, like their 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 motivations and their actions have been very straightforward. The 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 interesting part is the Balin Shen part mm-hmm. because it's so hard to figure out what they're gonna do now because in in our heads we want to bring it to a conclusion because we know that Ray is not coming back True. and we know that that Balin is not coming back. But realistically, they didn't know that Ray was gonna die, so they wouldn't have written an end to his character. So like I I almost feel like that Shin runs away to go find him. Like she is going back because she like she sees what has happened here. And in my mind, I want to give her the arc of like she realizes that Balin is right and she is trying to reconnect with him. And like she she's gonna go to him and say, like, I don't want to fight in this either. I don't want the same cycle as I've had my entire life and that the galaxy has had for decades. I I want to follow you through to the end. And then they start their journey to the whatever it is, the Zepho power, whatever power the that beginning. Balin the beginning. Yes. The beginning of the change of the galaxy. Like they and realistically they would only start their journey there. Like they wouldn't get to the yeah, end. Th- this is what scares me. I I, I just I'm very fearful that the the whole Balin quest is going to get shortchanged. Either yeah. on purpose, it just gets kind of washed away, or like Nick said, you know, you you can't predict when humans are going to expire, so they're going to have to bumble fuck their way through this now and 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 figure out how to resolve it in some coherent fashion. Yeah, and uh, then hero wise, like I said, they they'll have their tussle. I feel like there's a possibility that somebody gets left behind, but that somebody is going to get force whaled back. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to like, I just, I don't think like the way that they're writing the show, I don't think that they fuck the heroes. Right. I don't like, I don't think that they're going to kill one of them. And it's not a bad thing that they don't, I don't care if they kill one of them or not, but like, I know that you've been like, they're going to kill one of them. And the easiest one to kill is Ezra. I, like like I said, if you believe in TV rules, dude, go watch last night's episode and see how many times he's like going home. Oh yeah, can't wait to get there. Home, home, one hundred percent. But but I don't think they kill him. I think that like he gets like he gets stranded here again, and then like, and then the interesting writing thing is like he gets stranded here again. He's already adapted to living on this planet. He finds Shin and Balin and they don't just immediately get into a fight. Like they, they like there is, there is a way where you can have interesting writing here to where the answer is not just Ezra gets killed or he kills them. Balin is a deep dude. And so is Ezra. And if they talked there, there has to be a world where they, there is something that happens between these characters that it's not just like, I'm going to kill you or you're going to kill me. But realistically, if he gets left here, the only other beings on this planet are hermit crab friends and then Ben or, or and Balin and Shin. So either he completely chooses to ignore them and then force whales his way back out somehow. Um, or, they fucking tussle and some and they all die here. One of them dies here. Three of them dies here. Whoever, 
Like that's See, the I'm, only I'm thing I'm that I can think I'm hoping the force of. whale thing's taken off the map because of the mimes. You you would like to think that this this species, which is essentially taught every other species in every galaxy how to travel through hyperspace, would be intelligent enough to know we can't go here anymore because we get blowed up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean. They, 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 they instantly reacted. It was like, okay, we've been hit by about 50 bombs. Fuck this place. We'll go die around another planet if we have to. Yeah, but it's the thing is, is like, if it's Ezra, one, did they have enough fucking bombs to put around the whole planet? Or was it only around that one area? Uh, you, might, you may be right. You may be right. So like, could, like, could he like coordinate with them to move? Another thing we know is that they can exist in atmosphere. Like we we've seen them in atmosphere Mm -hmm. above Cetos and above other planets in rebels. So they could theoretically jump into atmosphere and stop and avoid the bombs. And then they could link back up with Ezra at the spire where Thrawn's ship is right now. And he like hops in fucking Jonah and the whale out back out i I think that's gonna be taken off the map because then we could argue well then why the hell hasn't he done that in the past 15 years you know what i mean Uh, yeah yeah i mean that's you know i mean maybe he didn't do it because there's so many things you can truly pick apart if you want to oh yeah oh yeah i'm with linda here i said it earlier i i sadly think hu yang is is definitely on the table as a sacrificial lamb and it wouldn't be detrimental to Dave's plans. It would suck as we've all come to love this guy even more throughout Ahsoka. I mean, hell, he had another fantastic line last night when he's like, oh, they're all back together again. I hope I survive long enough to see the outcome. And it's the way David Tennant delivers it to just sells it as we love this droid. Uh, my earlier yeah. pitch, I now I'm hesitant, I, I, but fuck it, I'll go with it. What, what if Sabine, like I said, she kind of reverses places with Ezra and like, you know what, dude, I brought this upon us. I'm going to, I'm going to be the one to sacrifice this time. You go back. And and, and she's the one that stays like that to me would be earned. That would be, that would be a risk, which means it's probably not going to happen. But think about it. Her family's been wiped out. She really hasn't been involved with the Mandalorians. She's kind of served her purpose in, in finding Ezra again Sabine Wren, as sad as it could sound, her journey in Star Wars could come to an end here, and it would make make sense. I I, I think they want to do more with her and Ahsoka, so I I don't think that's going to happen. But if it happens, you heard it here first. Send those motherfucking trophies to SWTSHQ. Thank you. I mean, but realistically, like, I think the one that makes the most sense, at, at least in terms of how the writers are probably thinking about it, it's Ezra or it's Hu Yang. And I think that yeah. Hu Yang is more obvious right. or like more likely because honestly their go-to has been kill the fucking droid. I mean, because they, they've done a really good job of like developing oh, yeah, droid characters. Have another K2 moment. Yeah. Just like another fucking K2 moment. B2, getting, another, B2 getting kicked over and kicking off it, the rebellion. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so I, like I do. Their, I, I, their go-to has been droids. Yeah. I, I think but, Hu Yang is, is a very good candidate. In a real sense, though, this galaxy has has thrived without Ezra there. They don't need him. Like this this galaxy since he's since he's left. Like they like fucking Sabine was recapping. 
They felled the empire. They've reestablished a new republic. And up to this point, everything's fucking peaches and cream, baby. Like everything's got like great. You don't need him back. Like, and he probably also realizes that he just heard all of the shit that happened. And he's like, fuck, man, they didn't even really need. Yeah, him. but you, you hear him, though, the whole time. He's like, I just want to go home. I want to go home. And if you go all the way back to Rebels, like he kind of made the deal like, hey, I'm going to do this, but I'm relying on you to come and save me. So he. Yeah, it's not so much. We need him back to help. It's they're paying off a, a, a pledge. A promise and I to think a friend. That, like, and that's why if she does I, sacrifice to get him home, I think that would have meaning outside of, oh, I they snuck that, on the ship and got out. I don't even think that he would allow it. Pro- I don't no, think it, that it, it would be would a, it. it would be a kick in the door, jump out of an airlock type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, no, he has no choice sacrifice. Oh yeah. It would, it would have to be something like that because if it was a, if it was a choice, then it would be like. Ezra's like, I've, I've reached my maximum potential on this planet. And realistically, you've just told me that Ahsoka's just taking you on as your, her apprentice. You're learning right, the yeah, force. You, you go you've just had develop. your first connection. Like you have the ability to become more if you go back. I have become more by staying here. And like that, that would make the most sense where it's like, is is real and it would be a moment for Ezra to really understand like where important like what is more important to that galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we'll yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I don't know. I think I think they want to keep him back. He he might sell some action figures, hot toys, you never know. <laughs> All yeah. right, here here's my take, since we're getting late here. Um you know, the Zepho stuff, sure, I'm not discounting that. Uh, world between worlds, I, I don't as I explained last night, I don't see a gate speaking to someone, but a being maybe leading him to a gate. Sure, there's potential there. But here's how I see the finale. Like, like Nick said, I agree. We're going to have three main threads. Uh, one of the bigger differences, I think, with the Shin and Balin thread is I could see what they're up to having a great impact on what everyone else is up to. Like if, the, if we actually get there and Balin gets to what he's getting to, whatever he finds could could not only accomplish his objective, but fuck the good guys and fuck Thrawn. I, oh, yeah. I think we get something like that where he, he potentially gets there and Thrawn's like, oh, fuck, who now we really need to ramp things up. Who cares about the good guys? This thing has been unleashed. Uh, but I, I, the other thing I'm a little different on with Nick, I, I think, I agree Shin and Balin link up again, but I, I don't think it's cordial. I could see him, and I said earlier, I, I don't feel like he's himself anymore. I could see him essentially saying, like, I'll give you one chance to get the fuck out of here. Otherwise, I'm going to teach you your, your final yeah. lesson type of deal. Yeah, I mean, my thought was definitely like, if you knew he was gonna die, this is how you would yeah, write. But it. I, like but I, would, everything else, prediction wise, if we're just from a general sense, Nick, I think is spot on. The good guys, they're eventually gonna come to the realization, like, hey, our best chance out of here is staying away from whatever the fuck those two are getting into and trying to get ourselves onto the Chimera. Uh, we know the T six ain't gonna make it. I'm sure they're gonna be like, well, the whales are scared because of the the bombs. So they're going to come to that realization, and I think Nick is 100% correct. They're going to have to face Enoch in, in some fairly impressive forces. 
They'll obviously get through potentially with a loss. Hu Yang definitely stands out, like Linda's saying, especially with him focusing on they're all together. This is great. I wish I was alive long enough to see the outcome. I mean, they're almost writing his sacrifice. They they get past this. They get on the Chimera, maybe right at the last second, possibly with another sacrifice. That would, would be where my Sabine sacrifice would come in. I'm going to put it out there. Why not? Sometimes you got to take a risk. I could see Ahsoka and Thrawn possibly crossing paths for a brief second, but mostly just talking shit like those types of the, the peak good guy versus peak bad guy interaction. Yeah. Um, but I am with you. I mean, we know from the trailer, the dude makes it onto the bridge of the fucking eye. I mean, that's in the trailer. So mm-hmm. he's he's getting there. And the only way to get to the fucking eye is to lift off the chimera into space. Yeah, you have it, to die. Literally, if it hasn't clicked yet, the eye, like we told you in the premiere, is a big fucking hyperspace ring for a star destroyer. OK, so he's got he's got to dock into that shit and get the fuck out. And he does get out. Uh, Hu Yang's gone. Sabine, I'm going out on a limb. She sacrifices, stays behind. Which isn't going to happen, but fuck it. I'll eat mud. Why not? Um, yeah, and, 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 and we, I think we end with Thrawn returning and the good guys in the belly of the Chimera going like, oh, fuck, we got to, you know, kind of like Luke and Leia and them looking out into the galaxy. Like, we, we've got a big fucking task ahead of us now. Yeah, um, shit yeah. just hit the fan. We're all feeling a little down right now, but there's still a little hope left because we're all still together. I, I think yeah. that's kind of how season one ends. And and I do not think, I think Balin, like I said, I think Balin pops the power off that that fucks everything up. But I don't think we get full resolution. Sadly, I I, I just yeah. I just don't. I don't know how. Uh, like yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. So. Fuck. Come on, next Tuesday, let's go. I need uh, it. Yeah, I don't think so. I need either. it I don't now. Think it's gonna get there. All right. Matt's brought up Bendu multiple times. I, I I'll say this: if if that's if they use that, why the fuck didn't he use that fifteen years ago? Like it's it's like it's one. It's the same thing as like saying like, oh well, why don't you just use the world between worlds? Like it's the same. It's the same thing. It's like well, if he does it now, why didn't he do it ten years ago? Yeah, well, like I, I also believe Bendu is something in the same league as the Mortis arc, the father, the sister, yeah, the brother. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to get fucking touched. Yeah, I just, I don't, and if it does, it won't be Bendu. It'd be a, a way that you could introduce that concept to a very general, low-knowledge type of audience. We, we just, like a lot of us hardcore, we got we to gotta remember that they don't make the show for us. <laughs> Even though we're the ones that prop it up and do all the free promo— they're not writing it for us. They're, they're trying yeah. to write it for a, a wide audience. So you can't get too yeah. into the, the lore weeds, if you will. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Holy shit. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think Bendu makes an appearance, at least definitely not while we're still on Peridia. If anything, if they're going to bring him back, he won't get touched until they're back on. Yeah. No, or so, back so in, in the, in the end, we are going to have an empire type of ending. Yeah. And I do think the Balin stuff is going to be disappointing, sadly. Uh, all right. So there we go. 
Holy shit. All right, real, real quick right, here. I mean, let's rock it through. Yeah, this we, we got to get through. This is just fun to think about, but this is now confirmed. One of the greatest directors, in my opinion, out there these days, Guillermo del Toro, was definitely on the, on the line, signed up to direct a Job of the Hut centric movie set on Mos Eisley, written by another pimp, David S. Goyer. Uh, as it was explained by. David, it was essentially going to be a a loose sequel to Solo. So uh, there there were actually reports from MSW Nick back in 2018 how this was this there was a most Eisley type of movie that got canceled because of the Solo failure, and and Alden would have been attached to it. Because what did they do at the end of Solo? They literally set up the the concept of Jabba yeah. the Hut going to visit him. So this. 100% would have been direct, written by David S. Goyer. He's doing Foundation right now. He did The Dark Knight. I mean, the guy's a fucking pretty solid sci-fi, you know, pop culture type of writer. And Guillermo, in my opinion, is a fantastic filmmaker. It would have been amazing. And I love that Guillermo confirmed it. He's like, oh, yeah, this is this is legit. I can't say too much. I'll just say J and BB. He's like, okay, thank you. We know exactly what you're talking about. But this would have been cool. Guess what? It's not going to happen. So, wah. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for the fan segment. <laughs> now it's time for the fan segment. All Good. right. Get it set up. Let me get some shit switched around here. All right. So we're going to kick off the fan segment this week with our question of the week. That's what we do every week. And every week during a live Star Wars uh, TV show, we have the same question. What was your favorite or least favorite part from that episode? So this week's question was, what was your favorite or least favorite part from Ahsoka episode seven, dreams and madness. If you want to get involved in this segment, make sure to follow us on Instagram at star Wars time dot show. Uh, that's where Matt posts the question. Uh, so if you want to give your take, give your response on those, go uh, to that, go to our Instagram, look for that post and then post your response in the comments. That's where we pull them from. You can also send us a story reply. We will pull those sometimes too. Ah, so to kick off this, uh, question of the week, we're going to start off with two, seven, nine, seven underscore studios. That's our good friend bat in the chat. And his response is great episode. Never underestimate a droid. What a good, what a good response. I mean, you can never underestimate droids in Star Wars because they always fucking save that. The day, that I mean, right? if you think about it, that is probably the the oniest C three PO has been. Like that's the first time he actually flexed on anyone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he's like, no, let me in here. Yeah, I have he, things to say. He's getting all pissed when you're like, what are you, just some yeah. droid? He's like, hey, you know who I am? So it was pretty fun to see yeah. Goldenrod get a little pissy. It was a good one. So uh, good stuff there from Bat. Next up, Tones138, our good friend. He says, another exceptional episode. Pacing was outstanding, and those 45 minutes flew by. Huge improvement on Thrawn this week, and it was awesome. You're wrong, Ezra Tones. This is at that Nick C. He's a piece of powers. shit. <laughs> It's not good still. Uh, unleashing his force <laughs> powers. Loved. We'll get pulverized if we stay out here any longer. Straight from ESB. Seriously can't wait for next week's finale. Genuinely can't call how it's yeah, going to end. It, it, but really hoping for a super long episode. No. that we, You can call that, Tones. You know it's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to be any longer than 40 minutes. And that's just 
disappointing. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like it's tones. I'm surprised you said genuinely can't call how it's going to end. It can only end one way. They're getting off. Like <laughs> that's the only I, I, way it can end. It is going to be a pretty big cliffhanger though. I think, I mean, it's, yeah. it, 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 I, I do think they make it, but it, right when they cross over, I think when you get a cut, maybe a quick shot of the heroes yeah. going, Oh fuck. Maybe they go the wrong way in the hyperspace route. They <laughs> or, end no, up in the other a, a whale comes in and like fucking bumps them, you know, like like NASCAR yeah. bumping and knocks them out of their lane, and then they crash into a star, and everyone's yeah, dead. Ahsoka, Ezra, Sabine, fucking Thrawn. That's it. <laughs> and That's then it. the First Order rises with the Hux family. <laughs> ha ha ha! Star killer bash. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Next up, Bango Thirty One. He says, "Getting to see more Ezra." Was cool. Definitely captured his character well. I don't need a lightsaber. Love the classic Ezra cockiness. Oh, and of course, Thrawn. With, he's laughing though. I think he's Bango's in the know. He knows. Big he knows he's Big tweaking ha-ha. Nick's titties right now. So, <laughs> oh man, action figure snap says Ezra not needing a lightsaber and just dominating with the force. Force two. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how that that progresses if it progresses if we see more of Ezra in the known galaxy. I'm calling um, it right here, no, dude. We'll have a lightsaber. Episode eight. Maybe he'll like. I've always wanted this. I've always wanted somebody to wield a. But again, this is fucking book shit. I've always wanted somebody to wield a lightsaber with the force, not using it with your oh, hands. Oh, like Treya. Like, yeah. W- yeah, how she exactly. juggles juggles her three purple blades. Yeah, that'd be neat. Exactly. Like, well, yeah, he, video yeah, games, well, you're, you're, you're on to something. Like it would make sense considering the Force is his ally and he's quite adept exactly. at it now. So, all right. All he right, is right. the one. Like, if anybody's going to do it now, it's him. Okay. It would be fucking awesome. All right. Um, Nova to close out the responses for the question of the week, says, favorite part was seeing 3PO in the Leia mentions. That was an unexpected treat. Definitely was. All right. Good Always, work, people. Always keep our our princess in your hearts and minds. Um, all right, so that was the end of the question of the week. We're now moving on to the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week in order to get involved in this. Again, follow us on Instagram at starwarstime.show. We've seen good growth since we started putting out these new clips. Yeah, how about that so, opus clip for the win? Keep it going. We, yeah, we just know. need it's, to get the fucker to spit out the right titles because it is weird yeah. how these things work, but we're, we're going to keep doing around it. Sometimes. Yeah, but it seems like so far our best clips have definitely been about Ezra and Hera. So and maybe we gotta. If I yell, it seems if it not naturally just like all of the yeah. goons that watch the show that they only say, "Oh, there, there's the mat we love." When I get fucking stroked out, so sorry. <laughs> so, probably not going to get any stroke. We did, we're not going to get any stroke posts from from this week because I don't think I yeah. I had any of my Star Wars aneurysms. But all right, yeah. who do we got here, dude? To kick off the top five this week, we start off with 850SithLord at 850SithLord on Instagram. And he he must have heard me talking last weekend or last week about how badass Darth Malgus looks because he just gives us another fucking badass Darth Malgus shot here. And it's just, it's Malgus with the hood up, lightsaber ignited, walking through some sort of battlefield wasteland. There's Boca up around him, so there's clearly some sort of shots or or fight going on near him, and he is just doing his Malgus thing, just slow plodding into the battlefield, and it looks so badass. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I know. The, I've, the lightsaber effects and everything else. I've heard yeah. from some people that while the fiction, while the figure in toy photography looks great, it actually looks like shit in hand. I'm still going with yeah. That's a one of the coolest looking Black Series out there, and and Sith. I'm not gonna lie, Vader. I'm sticking with you, bro. But this dude is a mean motherfucker. I I, I just don't know. I feel like he. Oh, yeah. I feel like Malgus is a dude that would headbutt Vader with Vader's helmet on. You know what I mean? Probably. He's one yeah. of those Malgus types, would right? Do some shit like that. <laughs> okay. One hundred percent. So that that's eight at eight fifty Sith Lord over on the IG. And he can channel lightning too. Like he's not like Vader. He's got the Force yeah, lightning in him. He's got all functionality. Yep. So good shit there. Next up, keeping with the Sith bros we have at aesthetic except it's a underscore e-s-t-h-e-t-i-c one on instagram and he's given us a badass darth maul fucking shot right up front and then if you click through there's some other fun combo shots that he's put together with some other figures that he has uh taken pictures of some some cursantin and others uh but what we see yeah aesthetic one the first one right up front is just this badass Darth Maul shot that has him positioned right next to a river of magma, potentially on um, on Mustafar, uh, getting ready to 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 fight Darth Vader. Maybe yeah, cool I, shot. It's just, I mean, that, that this is why Maul owns. All right, I mean, that's why I own a ton of Maul one six scale figures, and this isn't even one six scale. I think Nick, this is a it's a an unlicensed. Darth Maul figure, oh, just like a- uh, but but I forget the outfit that makes these, but they essentially make one twelve scale hot toys, and that's what we're looking at here. So he just looks fantastic. I mean, Maul, as angry as he is, he is a photogenic motherfucker. Indeed, he is. Good stuff there at a underscore e s t h e t i c one on Instagram. Next up, we have at cap underscore wolf underscore photos. Uh, I believe that Aesthetic and Cap Wolf are like in a collab, like a collab team together. Um, but what we have here is a sh- cool ass shot of Black Kersantan facing down the the uh, what is it the the Wampa from uh, ESB, the one that fucking took out. Yeah, yep, Hoth Wampa. Uh, yeah, the Hoth Wampa that took out Luke. That on, would be a on, fun fight to watch, uh, right? Yeah. Wookies versus Wampas. I think it would be. I think it would be a fucking battle. And especially Kersantin, like, he's got his two blades out. He's got his bandolier ready. Like, he's in fucking battle mode. That might be cheating, so I think though. Seeing, I mean, the, the big guy, the Wampa, he only has his, you know, meaty paws to fight with. It's true. That's true. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it would be a cool fight. Like, if he could get those blades out of Kersantin's hand, then the Wampa stands a fucking chance. So. Yeah, because the, the Wampa, they're bigger than Wookiees, right? I mean, just they're... I think they're, so. They're very hulking. I mean, they are big motherfuckers, so... Where, yeah, where Wookiees, you'd have to argue, Santi is probably one of the beefiest Wookiees. You know, most Wookiees are yeah. built like Chewy, like the fucking tree pole almost. Yeah, the, like Kersantin's got a lot of bulk on oh, him. Linda's dude. saying the Wookiee wins. All right. Moving on. Wins. That's at cap underscore wolf underscore photos. Here we go. Next up is at Jedi oh, underscore God. journal. Jedi underscore journal is giving us. I, I'm calling. I'm saying that this is Captain Rex right here. This is old Captain Rex on Endor. I know. They're, they're, they're trying to, to call this guy like some Captain fuckhead these days. I'm like, screw you. 
No, it's like this is this is this is old man. Yeah, they Rex just call him Rebel Commando. It's like yeah, no, it's Rebel no. Commando Rex. Yeah, bitch, that's what it is. <laughs> so uh, we see Rex here, and he's hanging out with the Ewoks. He's making. He's like clearly. I think he's like had a battle. You can see a down. I think it's down scout trooper behind him. Yep. And there's uh, is that is it Wicked? I can't tell. No, from, not, that, from here. I, think I think that's Paplu. Paplu, because yeah. yeah, Wicked's he- like hood is a different color, um, and his his fur is lighter too. But it's it's Paplu and uh, Captain Rex out here fighting the Imperials on Endor, and it looks like they just took down a scout trooper, and now Rex is scouting out the area to see if there's anybody else nearby to take out as well. Um, excellent use of atmosphere here by Jedi Journal to really make this shot pop. Yeah, I mean th- this is. This is how I used to love doing toy photography and probably why I quit because I stopped just doing nice natural outdoor setups. Look at that natural bokeh. Wonderful at Jedi underscore journal. Moving on. Next up. Oh, hey, we've been talking about these guys. I must say the final shot in our top (laughs) five this week. This from at Star Wars underscore Rick. And it is it's the it's the it's the ghost crew all together. They're they're whipping like this is see what is a season two right season two rebels yeah it's it's prior to Ezra getting his hair cut so yeah his hair S one S two for sure yeah yeah so it's it's all it's the whole crew it's Chop it's Hera it's Kanan I, how do you like Ezra, I'm sorry Sabine Nick but Zab. how do you like they invited Chopper to Hera's hearing I mean. <laughs> I know he's, he's literally he's like, sitting in, in, in the stands. Like he's, 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 he's in the, the audience is like, okay. And you know that he couldn't keep his fucking yeah, mouth he, shut. He's he like, what, when they, did, did you hear it when they talk shit to C-3PO? Yeah. He's like, oh, motherfucker. What do you mean? You don't fucking yeah, yeah. know golden rod. All right. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Break it down. Good shit. But yeah, it's, it's the whole crew. They're clearly on the deck of like some sort of Imperial star destroyer. You can tell by the, the die on the background and they're all in battle pose. Kanan and Ezra's got the blades out. You got Ezra or Hera with her guns out, Sabine with her guns out. And then, of course, Zeb in the background, just getting ready to fucking throw down. It was just a great shot, great posing all around by at Star Wars underscore Rick. I just had a very stupid thought, but it might be interesting to people. This series, I think for the first time in, in Star Wars, at least recent Star Wars, has actually let the main characters change their outfits. Do you notice oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that is a good Because, you know, like, in shows, I mean, Luke, he wears his blacks the entire time, right? In, in Jedi, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he changes a little bit in, uh, on Dagobah. Not really. He just takes his, his nice takes suit off, coat off and, and yeah. puts it back on when he's back on Bespin. But if you think about it, and like I said, it's a very dumb thought. Ahsoka has had a fundamental costume change. Sabine has had a fundamental costume change. Ezra. I th- Ezra, I think, is in line for one if he does what I think, borrowing Stormtrooper armor. And there was there was one other. Uh, who the fuck? Hera. Yeah, her yeah, headdress she, she is can, different. Well, she, she changed everything. She, she got out of her bomber jacket. She was in. Oh, yeah. Sorry, like I said, very stupid thought, but interesting. Okay. Oh yeah. Let's let's put her to bed. There we go. That's it. That's the end of the top five, and that's the end of our show for this week. It was a long one, a lot to talk about, setting up next week's episode, and also discussing this one. So Matt, close us on out. You got it, my friend. Thank you, everyone that signed in, joined us live. Don't forget, you can do so yourself. 
um, typically 5 p east tuesday or wednesday uh, at least wednesday to next week youtube.com slash star wars time show if you are a podcaster only there's nothing wrong with that you still are on the hook to help us out though so make sure you let everyone know starwarstime.net that's the destination for the swts if you want to get hooked in to our socials to the podcast versions of this stream and of course the youtube so don't forget StarWarsTime.net. Let's keep things going. I know we're adding new subscribers from Nick's project here. The, the We'll call it the Clips Project. So if you are new, hopefully you dug the show. That's kind of why we're, we're, we're doing the clips to kind of get you uh, acquainted with what we do here. And I do think it's a little different than you're going to get on most Star Wars fan podcasts. At least we're not stupid, right? Well, we're stupid, but we're not Star Wars stupid. How's that? Don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you, just not Thrawn. Always. Always.